0: You see Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
1: He was going the right way! Cohen all the way! Touchdown, Chicago! mean, he goes right. Oh.
2: Stop it, Samson! Did you not get the memo? He wow. came for the massage, he came for the facial! Oh my goodness!
0: Chicago's Game Day.
2: Doc is home! Hanson, stop!
1: He escapes again, and he's got plenty of room to run. Look at him go! And there's the athleticism for the rookie. Back toward
0: the wall! It's gone! This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Oh, welcome on in. Is it a gorgeous... Is that a question or an answer? Uh, it, it is a gorgeous Sunday morning here. In Chicago, and uh, Fred Huebner with you, happy to uh, join Chris Black, Adam Abdallah here for the next three hours, complaining about the Bears, talking Cubs and White Sox baseball. We'll do all that after the Bears win a preseason game, 24-23. And I think uh, on the uh, Waddle and Sylvie show, we won that. We took the Bears, we getting three and a half, didn't we? That is correct, Very good, very good, see? Snapped out of a...
4: Losing streak. Yeah, yeah. For one yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. One bet did, and so did the we Bears. We should have just done the first half though.
3: Yeah. Well, I know you're <laughs> right. Exactly right about that. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Adam Amin, who was on the broadcast last night, is going to be nice enough. He's not going to stop in the studio today. Because he's still in Denver. Yeah, he's still in Denver, yeah. So, But he will call us. and that That is very nice of him. He will call us. He's had a very, very busy week. He'll join us around 9.30. Uh, we'll also talk to Jesse Rogers somewhere around the 10 o'clock hours. The Cubs try to get a win and um, win the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They won the first two games, won nothing, and they did the same thing yesterday. They got one solo home run and nothing else. And uh, this time they lost 3-1. to one. So now they wrap up the series today. Jose Quintana on the hill. And we've got lineups in already. Oh, right. The lineup is in already. This is great. I like this. about. Maybe this is one of the nice things about uh, Joe knowing the lineup two or three days in advance. We get him early. Tommy Lastella leads off at second base. Ben Zobrist in right. Javi Baez at short. Rizzo is at first. Ian Happen center. Schwarber in left. Wilson Contreras is catching. Jose Quintana hitting eighth because, of course, he's the pitcher. And David Bodie is playing third base and batting ninth. Looks they-
5: outstanding. No ass in Russell. Perfect.
3: Oh, my God. He's yeah. just not good. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's- that's
4: right. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's it's not- well said, Brad. Yeah, he's he's not good. The whole good. team has it. They can't hit. No.
3: Again, they can't hit. They really can't. Um, they've got... Three solo home runs in three games, and that's all the offense they've gotten. And today they go against Jamison Tyon, who's actually uh, pitching pretty well for Pittsburgh. You look at the standings right now, the Cubs, they have a four-game lead. It's not over the Brewers anymore, it's over St. Louis. The Cardinals are coming for la tra-la.
0: The Cardinals are coming for la sala. The Cardinals are coming
6: la
3: Just for those who say that I like to aggravate Cub fans. I figured I'd cut that from the 50s or whenever the hell it was. Eric <laughs> <Harry laughs> Carey was uh, was was calling games for the Cardinals when they had that piece of. Uh musical. Black and white TV? Black Um, and white. Oh, I'm sure it was. I don't think it was color yet. It probably wasn't color yet. So the Cardinals are coming. They just keep on winning. We'll talk more baseball. Our MLB notebook coming up at 10.30. Lots of uh, good baseball going on around the major leagues. The Dodgers are still struggling. Kenley Jansen, they may say, you know, your heart's going to be okay. Can't you just pitch? (laughs) That would be wonderful. We'll, you know, we'll try to make it easy on you. We'll have a defibrillator close if you need one. Because uh, they're struggling right now. The Dodgers and uh, the Nationals are even worse. So we got a lot of baseball to talk about. We'll do that. We'll talk Cubs. But uh, on a day after a Bears preseason game, we talk Bears. And I was listening to you guys. And uh, just because, listen, just because Mahomes threw a 70 yard ball in the air doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. No. Okay. That's all everybody saw of him really the other day. Yeah, but I mean, his it, uh, numbers were 8 for 12 for 138, and what 70 of them were on one pass.
6: Sure, so and he threw a really bad interception in that game. If right, you want to see a highlight, a away, it was a terrible, terrible ball. He should have never yeah. tried to throw it. So,
3: I, and I think we're getting sucked into you know, looking. Mitchell Trubisky's not going to show much any here because they're not all the stuff they're practicing. I don't know what kind of well, plays they're using, but, but, but they're not the going to see threat. any
5: of these during um, the season. It's not about that. What what it's about is what we haven't seen from Trubisky last season and so far this season. So you can point out the mistakes that Sam Darnold made last week or uh, this week in this week's game against the Redskins. You can point out Mahomes threw a bad interception, this, that, and the other. What greatness have you seen from Trubisky at this point? That's the point that we're making here. It's not saying that Mahomes is absolutely better than Trubisky or Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield are better than Trubisky. Just what
3: greatness have you seen from Mitchie the kid? I think what you've got to do, though, is take everything you saw from last year and he starts at z- at point zero this year. Okay, so because then, but, but there's, there's also a built-in excuse to.
5: for college, too. He had one great game in the Sun Bowl where that team lost, and he wasn't actually that great in against yeah. Stanford. Yet everyone says, "Oh, wash away college."
3: He did. He only started one year. Well, uh, like, why are we babying this? Well, That's being, what I don't get. I'm not being positive, super positive on him either. I'm just not being super negative. I'm saying I'm going to wait and see what he's got, what he's going to show us, because what we're seeing right now is still pablum. It's nothing. They're not. They're not showing well, anything. But that's fine. Not I'm not critiquing anything.
5: the routes or the the play schemes that are being called. I'm critiquing the fact that he's making mistakes on nothing plays. That's the problem. Yeah.
4: If this is supposed to be the vanilla, he's not even getting the vanilla right. Well,
3: his throws to the tight ends were good, and okay. not not only to to Burton, but also other throws he made yesterday to, to to some of the tight ends. The snap in the end zone was his fault, unless Whitehair snapped it early. I mean, it
5: sounded like Matt is putting it
3: on Trubisky yeah, by saying that it, was it went
5: right through there. his hands right. and, and he looked away. Yeah. So, you know, OK, so it's not on
3: Whitehair. Whitehair has had many of issues at this you, point already. You brought up the interception and you're right. If Jay was here, he'd be taking a beating wrongly. So as it always was. I can't tell you how many times I saw games where Cutler threw an interception that was the receiver's fault mm-hmm. and Jay took a beating for it. Oh, yeah. And that's what the, the quarterback does. And it was Tariq Cohen not cutting in front. There's a route to run. You don't stop the route. And you can't pull, you've got to throw the ball because he's supposed to go there. He just stopped as the ball was on its way. There's nothing Trubisky could have done on that play. That's why we saw temper out of him for the first time. Sure. I don't think we've ever seen that from him before. No. And uh, hopefully. I don't know if I want to see more of that so everybody will figure out how to run their routes or if I want to see less of it because everybody knows what they're doing. But, yeah, it's always a tough game to watch. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm making notes on all the plays and, you know, 14 penalties. Uh, We talk about the tackles in this team. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything's fine. Well, except yesterday, they both had a penalty. You had a hold on a nice run. You had you know something else on another one. It's like... OK, I that, think aside almost from, everybody in the line was having problems.
4: Aside from the plays and the penalties and Trubisky, you also have to be concerned about Leonard Floyd. We talk about how this Very. team is going to get to the quarterback. And yeah, you can probably wrap that up. And whether I don't I don't even know if it's if it's a broken hand or fractured hand and whether or not they're going to you know have to do surgery or whatever. That remains to be seen. But it brings up a question about his durability, and it brings up a question about depth yep. on yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. And this is supposed to be a top-ten defense. This is supposed to be a better defense than last year, especially with Roquan Smith right. in. And aside from Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, and maybe Roquan Smith, if you don't have Leonard Floyd— that's one of your weapons at getting to the quarterback and I don't know how this team is going to get to the quarterback and you play a lot of really good quarterbacks yeah, you do. this year. Yeah, you do. So I don't know how this team is going to get to the quarterback and besides that my number one concern for the Bears defense is their depth and you might you have question marks about Leonard Floyd again and his durability.
3: Didn't you like the uh, didn't you like the cornerback position without Prince Amukamara? Oh my God. Yeah, it they look good. They were just awful. There's a guy named Grant, Doran Grant, who hopefully isn't there in <laughs> camp anymore. Hopefully <laughs> they take his jersey away. No, it's not it's not great. I just don't think I just I, don't think it you know I think maybe because Cap predicted nine wins, some people have jumped on board and said, Yeah, this is gonna be a great improvement. This <laughs> is still probably a year or two away. Absolutely, they're not going to go. They're not going from worst to first this year. No, the team
5: depth is not there. And and for anyone to think that it is, you are going to be sadly mistaken when we get through six games, and they're probably one in five. You know, two and four probably is best case scenario in that. In that, for instance, I, I mean, like the team depth is not there on all levels. Like, if you guys think through your minds, at what position do you say if you lose starter one or starter two, we're okay? Because throughout the NFL season, you're going to lose starters yes, at some point.
4: Oh, um, I would probably say, well, I don't know if you guys know this. Not, but not on the offensive line, right? You're going to no. have issues there. Yep. But up at Hallis Hall, uh, they've called in the, uh, the FBI and the uh, National Rifle Association because it's an arm race up there. <laughs> uh, it's the wide receiver position and the weapons. They've got so many weapons. They just don't know what to do with them. So if we lose a weapon, can I, we, can we'll we uh, let Abdallah
5: go after that at nine twelve in the morning? Why, that is, was that, great. Is <laughs> that, that okay? a, are you done for the it's day? It's not is a that scene.
4: It? It? It's not a scene up there. Yeah, it's an arms race. It's an arms race. I still have to tell you, uh,
3: <laughs> I still I know that he was in uniform, but until Allen Robinson catches a ball, I still don't believe he's. Yeah, he, he was exists. out
4: there. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He was there.
3: He did as much as Roquan
4: Smith. <laughs> yes. Who was on the sidelines. Which in, in, is another question mark because you've got a wide receiver coming off an ACL injury, but everybody just assumes that, exactly. oh, he's going to be great. I know. What are you talking about? He's going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL when he's healthy. Well, he hasn't been healthy in a year. So, right.
3: so we have no idea. so we have no I mean, idea.
4: So, you know, the nine wins and,
3: you know, I, I kind of like the six, seven, or eight. And it's tough. I don't, I don't always like making predictions, but unfortunately what we do, we always usually end up having to make a prediction on what we think is going to happen. And if it was 6, 7, or 8, I know that Todd Waddle has said, you know, he'd be happy with 7 if he saw progression in in some of the players and things like that. But you're right about depth. I mean, they brought in Aaron Lynch. Again, have we seen him? No, we haven't. We haven't seen him at all. And then you see Akeem Hicks woke up yesterday. His his knee was aching. Well, that's what's going to happen when you're carrying that much weight. You're going to have a knee that hurts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult. They don't have a lot of help on the defensive line Um Kwiatkowski got credit he got one tackle and that got taken away on a holding call yesterday. Um he's you know, he's not gonna be out there much. Danny Trevathan played, but I don't remember seeing him on the field. He
5: made uh, he had a nice run stopping tackle early, and that's about all I can recall. I mean yeah, I mean listen, Fred, it's uh you look at this team and uh, Edgar. Yeah, one, uh, you're right. Egger tweets us. He says, "Until what week do we stop hearing it's a new system? Trubisky's learning. Cutler had similar treatment, uh, where he had a new offensive coordinator year after After year after year. You know, but I guess the other thing to kind of look at, if you don't want to just look at Cutler, look at all the teams across the NFL that have new coaches and new coaching staffs and new systems and new quarterbacks. I mean, I watched Washington the other night. They have a new quarterback who's learning a new system, Mm -hmm. Alex Smith, right." He looked okay. He looked yeah. fine. He, he, he didn't look like he was overwhelmed. I know he's been in the league for a yeah, long he time. I didn't play him much, and he was but, four for six or you know, something like that. But, Case yeah. Keenum looked okay last night in a new system. Right. He didn't look great. Um, it, it's it, it's going to be part of the conversation because I feel like the excuses have already been built in for Trubisky. So I wonder at what point do we have to stop with the excuses and say, "All right, command this offense." Because like if we go back to the interception with uh Tree Cohen, you you laid it out, Fred. Yeah, you gotta finish the route. But why are you throwing off your back
3: foot sidearmed? That's not something yeah, no, Trubisky
5: had to do. I, like, originally, like, I originally I originally
3: said he forced the ball when I saw the right. play. I go, he's forcing the ball. Sure. He's forcing the ball to where a receiver was supposed to be. He did get it there. So yeah, he got it there, but yeah. he also didn't have to throw he it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's what's to annoying to me. Right. Is he's
5: backing up through sidearm. I get it. Amin and Jim Miller talked last night about the fact that all these interesting arm angles, but a lot of times interesting arm angles lead to interceptions. Just throw especially, it especially when you're throwing it sidearm. Just we, it bounce, we have yeah. it on loop here in front of us, and he's throwing it sidearms, right. backing up. So, I mean, I, I get it. Tre Cohen didn't finish the route. You also threw a bad pick, right? Because in in most games, the way that that interception happens, happens the defensive player
4: has no one in front of him. That's a that's a pick six. Yeah, he's lucky he got tackled from behind, or else that would have been a pick six. And in that situation, you have to look and say, am I going to force a ball in there just to try to get five yards on first down, or four yards on first down, or should I just throw it away and and live at second? Well, because ten? of the pressure he was getting, I don't know that he would have been able to throw it away. If I think he can he... Throw, if he could throw it there, he can throw it away. Well, you could talk and
5: just uh, he would have had to take for a sack. second down. It was yeah. first down, you know. There's no reason that you needed to do that because
3: there. the pressure was coming from his left.
5: Yeah, both sides. The only spot he could have been, he could have moved up in the pocket and tried to run. Um, he had a window to get through there. He probably yeah. could have picked up five or six yards, but I mean, it's it's just a never
3: ending conversation until we see him actually play great games. That was the one thing that Nagy said that I was actually I actually was uh, happy that he said he was talking about some of the plays and he said he's actually happy that some of these mistakes are happening now. Well, that's what the preseason is for. So hopefully some of the mistakes we see, him throwing the ball into, into you know, coverage, uh, Tariq Cohen not cutting over, um, I don't know about the helmet rule, we won't even, I don't even know if we'll get into that, because that, that whole talk is crazy, that's the weirdest rule, I mean, I understand the rule, I, I appreciate the rule, I understand why they put it in, but it's getting called. They're just throwing and they're just throwing flags up yeah. all the time and yeah, looking at each are. other. Mm-hmm. Oh, now's a helmet. Let's go with the helmet rule, uh, and then they'll figure it all out. Hopefully, before the season gets underway. Your thoughts three one two three three two three seven seven six on what you saw yesterday. I I highlighted a bunch of things that I saw in the course of the game. I thought when the game started, he came out, but you know, and he wasn't he wasn't on target either. He had an overthrow early, then he underthrew. Um, well, Kevin right. White, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new system, and uh, he didn't play much in college. No, yeah, but that's got nothing to do with overthrows and underthrows. See? Okay. He threw the ball way over. Yeah. He threw the ball so far, it almost went through the goalposts yep. uh, on the one into the end zone. It was a nice toss. He threw it from like the 40, so he threw it real far. But it wasn't. It wasn't anywhere close to being on target. And then the other pass that fortunately they got the pass interference call because Kevin White was being double teamed yeah. and he throws it deep and White had to stop his route and then the guy ran him over. Well, if he leads White, he might have a touchdown pass. He might. He did not. So there are other things that, you know, even other than the interception to criticize him about yesterday. One little thing, Cody Park. He's getting nine million dollars. He can't make a field goal. Every (laughs) kick he had yesterday, even Adam Amin said it, and I don't want to put him on the spot later on, but even on the extra point or like the short field goal, it's like, whoa, he looked like he started to pull that one and it came around. Are we going to have to worry about that each and every kick this year? Yes, we will. Absolutely. I mean, you have Trey Burton who looks like he knows what he's doing. The Adam Shaheen injury really sucks because... It looked serious. It looked, mm-hmm. you know, Nagy said after the game that he doesn't think either of them are fractures, which would be good. If they're severe, I mean, you've got a high ankle sprain or something like that, you're going to be out a couple weeks anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seemed like he knew what he was doing. He's been catching the ball. He seemed very aggressive. He seemed confident on the field. And it was a nice catch. It was funny, when he first went down... I think they were trying to show or everybody thought that he got hit in the knee. In the knee yeah. by, by the by the defender, and he didn't, and they showed him the one angle and you saw his foot go where he's just not supposed to go. Yeah. And that was
4: that was tough to see. And I'll say that so far what I like from Nagy is his use of the offense. Now whether or not that can be translated on the field and whether or not that can be the you know, throws can be completed and whatnot, but the way he he's using tight ends, the way he's using motion before place, all that kind of stuff, that's all great. That's stuff we haven't seen in Chicago in a while. And it's good to see that Mark Mark Helfrich and Matt Nagy do that here. And it's good to see uh Adam Shaheen actually contribute. You guys brought up a
3: great point earlier uh, in the first hour. If you guys just tune in at 9, you're missing probably the best hour of the day from 8 to 9 no, no, when no, no. these guys sit Subpar, and go at it. Suboptimal. And, but when you guys were talking about because you guys are the huge college fans and I yeah. told them Dallas as soon as I walked in I had 45 minutes of college football where they oh. never mentioned one player. They just talked about schedules and That's teams in oh, the yeah. SEC, and I was stuff. driving off the road, falling asleep. Saying, in the hey, SEC, saying, can't the damn Manu game or Man City game start earlier?
4: Fred, I don't know if you know this, but in uh, in the SEC, we just uh, we just uh, poop out players. That's yeah,
3: that's basically what hey, Is said. your
4: guy okay down there? What's going on? <laughs> no, dude. are losing drop- linebackers
5: left and dude, right, and dropping he's dropping like flies.
4: Yeah. I, I, offensive linemen and linebackers can't well,
3: stay healthy. Some of the luster wearing off Alabama. the point I was trying to make is, you guys brought up the point, which I thought was really good, and that is that good teams still run the football. Yeah. And you talked about the offense, what he was doing. It was nice to see Jordan Howard get in there and run the. Ball. Yeah, because absolutely. he did. And there were times like in the old Jordan, he lo- he was stopped and he got away. There was a great run he had around the left side. And then we realized the reason he got there was because Leno was holding yeah. and he got the nice gain. But it was nice to see Jordan Howard get out there. I don't care if they ever throw him the ball because I don't want it. You know, don't throw him the ball. Please don't throw him the ball ever. <laughs> why 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 put more pressure on him? Just say, listen, Jordan, we're not gonna throw you the ball. We're just gonna hand it off to you and let you run all season long. That'd be fine with me. And I was happy to see him run. Yeah, yesterday.
5: I love this idea of using your weapons and your wide receivers to spread out, get the defense to match what you're doing, and then run the ball inside. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you have a running back who can handle that. Yeah. So so basically the way you want it to break down is that you have a one on one matchup between Jordan Howard and a linebacker and he has to pick which hole you're going to go in and you just go the other side. And like you see college teams do this all the time on Saturdays, Auburn, Oregon back then back in the day, SC tries to do it not well, but they try to do it and you spread them out and you then run, run the ball. Every single time and you saw the Bears do that early in the first quarter, it was a third and short He had four wide receivers out, four receivers out. And Jordan Howard got the handoff. It was like a uh, run pass option type of play. Howard gets the first down, and that's something I think is going to be great for the Chicago Bears this season because now you finally have a modern day offense taking advantage of numbers in the box.
3: Yeah, and when you're able, to, I mean, when Burton caught a couple of his passes, he was not lined up as a tight end; he was lined up as a receiver uh, yesterday. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm not sure how it'll be next Saturday. It's a rare Saturday afternoon home game uh, for the preseason. Let's go on out to the phones, out on the roads. Kevin, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Kev. Kevin. Hey, thanks, guys. Take my
2: call. I think we got to give Trubisky a break. I mean, he's actually, you know, he's got to test himself. You know, this is preseason; it's like practice. You know, he's got to try. I could, I didn't see the replays on it, but it was the throw there? If he continued the route, I just think we got to. He's got to test himself. He's got to figure out what he can actually do. And who cares about the arm? You know, if he's getting the ball to the receivers, that's what matters.
3: Well, you're right about that. And for years and years, I, the the most important pass to me is the sideline route. Because you you got to have some kind of arm. Going deep is... You don't always need to get the ball and throw the ball more than 20 yards in the air. Uh, It doesn't need to be done. If you throw the ball 10 yards to a guy that's breaking, he can run. There was a a guy that the 49ers had who didn't throw a lot of deep balls, but they scored a lot of deep touchdowns. He was pretty good. Yeah, and as long as you can get the ball out, and uh, the sideline routes are important to me. But he's trying to show that he had a strong arm by a couple of deep throws, and unfortunately... You know, one of them was so far gone, nobody could catch it, except maybe the first person in the front row. And the other one was underthrown so bad that Kevin White had to come back and almost got, you know, he got run over.
5: I would be less annoyed with the interception if the fumble didn't happen earlier in the game. The fumble on the snap? Yeah. yeah. If Trubisky wasn't bumbling in the end zone for a safety, then I would be less annoyed with the interception that followed. The point being is... You're in a preseason game. You're practicing, as Kevin said right there. You know, you try things out. Well, here's a spot. You're backed up against your own goal line. Get out of it, and instead, you're fumbling. You're botching it. And up oh, safety. Okay, here okay. we go. I mean, that did not look like a quarterback in control there in a moderate situation where it wasn't even that stressful. Okay, half full
3: stands and it, like, come on now. There's a new special teams coach and if he doesn't tell Crayvon LeBlanc that the next time you catch a ball inside the five with a fair catch or you catch a ball at the two you're going to be cut immediately I don't care if you got a peanut punch or not because that's why they were in that spot because of Craven yeah Yeah. he catches a punt fair catches a punt on the five yard line
4: like Kevin said that's what the preseason's for it's doesn't really. You just tell him that, and then hopefully he doesn't do it again.
5: Yeah, but isn't that a, a reaction will. type thing? Like you see the yeah. ball in the air instead. Instead of keeping your heels on the ten, you're now following it, and you're going back for it. You know, like just
3: let it go over your head. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why they say put your heels in the tent. If it goes over your head, you leave it go. If it's going to, if they're going to kill it in a one, then deal with it, but don't catch the ball there. Adam Amin joins us. He is in Denver getting ready to take off and go to one of his other many play by play jobs. And uh, we will talk with him next, talking some bears and Broncos. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner here on ESPN 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day. Trubisky on the move. What a catch
7: made by Anthony Miller. Interesting arm angle throw and a
1: very impressive 19-yard grab by the second-round draft pick. This is what I mean. The quarterback rolling to his left. What a spot. The only place he could place it right there. But rolling to your left as a quarterback. See that arm angle? That is the toughest throw to make in the NFL. When you're rolling to your left, you got to square your shoulders and hips. And again, he just flicks it. He makes it like a, a. it's a normal play. Trust me, 90% of the quarterbacks in the league can't make that throw.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome back in. Fred Huebner, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. That was Adam Amin along with Jim Miller on the call last night. The Bears getting a win in their third preseason game, 24-23 in Denver. And that's where we go right now as we talk with the Bears preseason play-by-play guy, Adam Amin. Adam, how you doing this morning.
7: Oh, it's, it's Rocky Mountain High, right? I mean, what, what could be better? <laughs> Literally. Taking in that that Denver, Denver air. As, I don't uh, know. I think the least poetic moment of my entire career.
3: <laughs> uh, what's your What was your your main takeaway yesterday? I mean, it's a game where we actually got to see a lot of uh, more starters for a little bit longer period of time. Mitchell Trubisky out there. Unfortunately, a couple of injuries. What do you come away from the game with yesterday?
7: Yeah, I think uh I still need to see a little bit more from the running game. Uh you know, and and, and again, it, it's hard really with these low pitch counts to really get a sense of it. I, that's why I keep telling people and I I'm sure I'm sure every fan that watches preseason football balances this in their head. They go, "I want to get excited about good things that happen, and I I'm I have a tendency to disregard bad things because oh, it's just preseason." I it, it's a very difficult balance to maintain when you're a fan. So I, I, I kind of fall into that same category. I want to disregard some negative things that happened because at the end of the day, it is just preseason football, but I, I want to walk away feeling okay about the prospects of this team. Some things that I do feel okay about are some offensive rhythm. I thought there were some really good moments for the first unit offensive line and pass protection yesterday, and I think Anthony Miller, once he starts figuring out some of the details of this offense, he's going to be really good. Uh, I think the check down game is going to be very good with the weapons that this team has, the, the short to intermediate game on the offensive end with the tight ends, assuming Adam Sheehan is healthy. Uh, I, I think this is a team that's probably going to carry three tight ends anyway. Uh, and I think all three tight ends can contribute on the offensive end. And I do think once you get it, get them into a rhythm, Mitchell Trubisky is really good. He can be really good offensively. I think I'd need to see more from the running game. Uh, I need to see a little bit more consistency with some of the linebackers. Now, granted, we haven't seen Roquan Smith yet, uh, but I need to see a little bit more consistency from the linebackers in run defense because that was a strength of this team last year, and the front is really good. I have a lot of faith in how Jay Rogers, the defensive line coach, has worked with this front uh, to to gain some depth, some improvement. Jonathan Bullard, Roy Robertson-Harris, I think there's some really good guys on this front uh, that, that that can really be good contributors. Obviously, when they have a Akeem Hicks in the lineup, that's scary too. So that's my general
1: takeaways on both sides of the ball.
5: Let's talk about Trubisky. He obviously had some good throws last night. He also had two plays that are in question this morning, the interception uh, where Tariq Cohen didn't finish off the route, but he still forced it in there anyway. And then he took his eyes off the ball in a snap from Cody Whitehair, fumbled, and then the safety. What do you make between the two bad plays that overshadowed the good from last night from Trubisky?
7: Yeah, snaps continue to be a concern and, and that was a little odd. Cody Whitehair was, was, uh, kind of experimenting with, with basically the, the handle on, on the ball. Uh, I think we showed that a little bit. He was kind of going up and down, uh, with a little bit more of an angle on his, uh, on the ball instead of having it flat down to the ground. I'll be curious to see and talk to Matt Nagy about that this week, uh, when we get ready for the Chiefs game as to what he thinks, uh, about, about that. But yeah. Mitch Trubisky, it wasn't the cleanest snap. We know that, but Mitch Trubisky has to make that play. He has to catch that ball cleanly, and the rhythm has to be there. It, it's difficult when you're, you know, backed up in your own in your own end zone, uh, your own five yard line. By the way, Trayvon LeBlanc, a couple of plays in in special teams where, hey, he, he put dig your heels in on the ten, and if it falls behind you, you got to see if you can take the risk of letting it go in the end zone and at least getting a touchback out of it. But that being said, you still got to make that catch. So. There are some mechanical things and rhythmic things that, yeah, there, there need to be some major improvements on. And, and the center position is a little bit of a concern. And, and we talked about that on Friday, guys, right? We, we said the same thing. Yep. Uh, the snaps have been an issue. But I think this team is really adamant that they want Cody Whitehair handling the snaps because he handled all the checks. I know in a different offense, but he handled all the checks last year. And it's a lot to ask James Daniels to step in, who's already a little bit undersized to play guard at the NFL level right now. He will be sized properly in a year. He'll be, he'll gain the weight. He'll be ready to go. Remember, he's only 20 years old right now. I, it's a lot to ask of him to step into a center role right now. So you have to lean on Cody Whitehair to be the center, and that's going to have to be something that gets cleaned up in the next two preseason games before you play Green Bay.
4: Adam Amin, the Brown Brett Musburger, joining us here on ESPN Chicago, <laughs> along with Fred Hubner and Chris Bleck. I'm Adam Abdallah. And I say that not because of your sweet, sweet tone, sir, <laughs> but also because you do a lot of college football. And I want to ask you, someone who's watched a lot of college football and NFL, have you seen Trubisky make the jump from college quarterback to NFL quarterback yet?
7: I haven't yet. I haven't yet, but I think the potential is there. And, there are flashes of NFL quarterback. Now, now if you, when you say jump, I assume you mean on a consistent basis. That that gives me the sense that, that he's going to be able to, you know, let's say lead a game-winning drive in the final two minutes of the game. I haven't seen it just yet, and I don't think a lot of that sample size was there in college. We got we talked about this last week a little bit. Uh, that sample size of great college moments isn't necessarily there, like we saw on a major level for let's say a Sam Darnold let's say for a Baker Mayfield we haven't seen those things but those guys are being anointed pretty quickly as the futures of their franchises with about a similar sample size between first year of NFL and your last year of college or your last two years of college we've got Baker Mayfield last two years and Sam Darnold last two years of college to look at we've got the last year of Mitch Trubisky at North Carolina and his first year in the NFL so about a 25 or so start sample size. And we're kind of hyping those guys up that are just coming out of college for the same reasons that we're not hyping Mitchell Trubisky up. He did some great things. Go back, uh, Jim, Jim talked about this last night. Go back to the Sun Bowl when they played uh, Stanford. And he had a phenomenal game. And he saw you saw some of those flashes and some of those big moments in a smaller sample size. I think that potential is there. The mechanical tools are all there. You know, you guys play the highlight of the arm angle throw to Anthony Miller. That is something I saw in college. That is something that Larry Fedora talked to us about. He said, I love that he could go from any point on the field. He is a, a mobile quarterback, so we want to move him out of the pocket, move the launch angle, launch point, and all that. And if that's the case, I can see Matt Nagy actually using that to his advantage. I don't think we've seen everything that this, that this offense has to offer. For whatever reason, this particular regime isn't big on sharing everything, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's a lot of regimes in the NFL. So I haven't seen it just yet. Most of us haven't seen it just yet, but I think we've seen flashes of it, and I do think the potential for consistency is there this year.
3: One of the things we were talking about before you came on is that we were talking about the depth, especially on the defense. Uh, The linebackers and the outside linebackers were supposed to be one of the strengths, hopefully, and uh, Leonard Floyd goes down. We haven't really seen Aaron Lynch yet. Uh, you know, Roquan Smith, but hopefully we'll see on the field on Saturday. How concerned should Bears fans be if in fact this, you know, the Leonard Floyd injury keeps him out for a while?
7: Yeah, it hurts. I mean, if he's out for a while, that really stinks because he was really starting to develop. We saw some of that development against Cincinnati uh last week. Some really good swim moves, some, some spin moves, some inside moves. And that was something that Leonard talked to us about yesterday. He said he'd really been working on the development of that fourth and fifth move. He's got two or three really good moves, but he said as, a, as an outside rusher, you really need to have four or five consistent moves that you can make, and he felt like he was making a lot of progress there. So, And kind of a freak play, gets undercut uh, by Garrett Bowles and lands awkwardly, and he's you know he comes up, that, that right arm's kind of limp. I was thrown off by how strange that play was. It's unfortunate. I'm hoping, obviously, like we all are, that he's going to be healthy. But, yeah, it stinks because he was really developing into, into that – consistent outside backer now the depth of this team does tell me that you can have multiple guys step into some of these roles now who's going to do that I mean Nick Kwiatkowski do you feel confident maybe moving into the outside at some point I wouldn't be shocked especially if Roquan Smith is going to be a more consistent factor on the defensive side of the ball I would imagine that you know what maybe that is something that that this Bears defense considers uh, Iggy, uh, Joel EA Booneyway, I think maybe he has a, an opportunity to get some more snaps. He did some good things in pass coverage on the outside yep. last night. I think that could be a possibility. Uh, maybe, you know, Sam Acho is going to be Sam Ocho. We, the, the team already knows what he can do. So I'm not concerned as much about that. And we saw good things from Isaiah Irving last night. That makes me feel a little bit better about where this, where this linebacking core could be. If indeed Leonard Floyd is not going to be healthy, let's say for week one against Green Bay.
5: Adam, is there anyone uh, that was in the game late in the fourth, uh, second, third, fourth teamers who got on the field last night that impressed you that you kind of stood out in your mind?
1: Uh, I, th-
7: I think uh, EA Beniwe was one of them. Uh, I-, I really have some faith in that. Irving is another guy I have some faith in. But Bilal Nichols, man, he might make this team and, and, and might be a, a real factor on, let's say, like a third down in short situation as a run stopper. Uh, he's done some really good stuff. He's got great hand placement. He's got he's got some impressive stuff with his first step, his quickness. These are really good things that you need to have up front. So between him, maybe John Jenkins, uh, those second unit, third unit defensive linemen uh, outside of Akeem Hicks, because that's not necessarily a position that is is deep in terms of numbers, but it's deep in quality. So I think maybe some of those guys have a serious shot. Uh, I'm a, I, I think. I think Rashad Coward at offensive line. You know, that second unit was having some issues at times. I think Rashad Coward has a chance to maybe be the eighth offensive lineman as well. I don't I don't think that's gonna end up being the case, but at least he was battling for a spot uh and he's he's made a nice transition from D line to O line this year.
3: Adam, as we let you go, do we have to wait a whole other week before we see you again on T V or you got you got a busy schedule again this week? <laughs>
7: I, I'm uh, I'm sure everybody will be very disappointed to know that they can watch me on Tuesday and Wednesday night, uh, <laughs> nine o'clock games on ESPN. We've got uh, Dodgers, Cardinals, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday That's night, big. important games, yep. big, big games, especially you know the, the the Cubs try to hold off the Cardinals. Cardinals have gotten hot in the last week; their offense has gotten going. Uh, and, and obviously, we know what, what LA can do with their lineup. Their bullpen continues to struggle. They lost on a walk off balk last night after putting up 11 runs the night prior. So uh, interesting and important games coming up. So uh, you guys can – I'll bother you on on Tuesday and Wednesday night on ESPN.
0: Sounds
3: great. Adam, we really appreciate it. We know it was a busy night last night. Thanks for jumping on in. Anytime, boys. Adam Amin, nice enough to join us here on the Sunday morning show. Chris Black, Adam Dollar, Fred Hubner. We'll talk more bears. Couple of callers wanted to jump in. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jesse in the ten o'clock hour. We're not forgetting about the Cubs. They had a rough one last night. They lose three to one. You kind of knew t- with Tyler Chatwood coming in that it was going to be a... Uh, a it's going to be a tough you? outing any time he has to go to the mound, Fred. Yeah. Um, also, keep listening, because we got some tickets to give mm-hmm. away throughout the course of the show for ESPN 1000's 13th, 13th annual fantasy football convention and championship coming up next Saturday at Joe's Live in Rosemont. We'll be giving those away throughout the day up until uh, 12 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000 <laughs>
0: See Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome back in. Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We've been talking some Bears. We'll talk some Cubs next hour. Jess, you'll join us. We'll get our uh, MLB Notebook, also Summer of Nick. We've got a lot of time in the 11 o'clock hour to talk Bears also. And we go on out to Lake Forest. And Paul, Paul, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on?
2: Paul! Hey. Hey guys, great
7: show! I love talking, or I love listening, and I love to go out and have a cocktail with you guys and talk sports
5: for a few hours. Tito's, let's do it.
2: <laughs> uh, we will, and here's why we will. I'm telling you right now that over under in Vegas is six and a half
7: or six for Bears victories, and we can do all the algorithmic watching and reading we want, but the free money window is window is not the over in Vegas on this one. There's a reason why that number is so low. They know the Bears aren't going over six. And as far as cap the shill, I would bet my house on that nine flag right now. My goodness. The Bears don't have a chance to win that many games. Once again, look at what Vegas says.
3: They're not all, they're not wrong too often, Paul. We appreciate the call. And you, know, and you said something earlier, Chris. I wanted to bring up the schedule real quick because you said... If they were, what did you say, one and five or or two and four? Or, sure, the first six games. Okay, you got to be good early. You're at Green Bay. You host Seattle. Mm-hmm. Then you're at Arizona. You host Tampa. You're at Miami and you host New England. There's three in there that I see are auto- well. There's two in there that I see are automatic losses. Yeah, only New or- two. New Orleans and Green Bay. No, not New Orleans. Uh New England. New England? Yeah, New England and Green Bay. Then you've got Seattle who's rebuilding. Yeah. And it's here and it's an opening night. They still probably have more talent than you do, though. Can't lose on Erlacher night. Yeah, that's right. You can't lose. Erlacher, actually, they may suit him up. Um, you know, <laughs> That'd having, be nice. Have him in uniform. Uh, at Arizona, Arizona's still going with a young quarterback, probably,
5: right? They also had a top five defense in DVOA last season. So that mm. could be a sneaky,
3: improved team this season. Tampa Bay. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, I I think we all agree. And then at Miami, so you could you could pull you could come away three and three. You could. I don't want to say you can go four and two. Well, but that would be because then you got the Jets and Buffalo after
5: that. That'd be best case scenario if you are four and two, right? Because go go to the final month of the season. Oh, it's ridiculous. Okay, it's crazy.
3: I don't see how they're going to win any of the last four games. Exactly. Unless. and I think you even mentioned it. One of you guys mentioned this the other day. Uh, they play Minnesota in the final game of the regular season. If Minnesota has it wrapped up, if
5: right. Minnesota has it wrapped up,
4: and you get the uh, uh, what do you call it? Maybe you can maybe sneak out. Now, who am I kidding? You are not going to beat Green Bay at home.
3: Well, you no, you play you play the Rams at home, the Packers at home, the Niners on the road, and Minnesota on the road. Yeah, uh, it's. It's that's gonna going be real tough it's rough and so, before those two you're on the road for detroit and the, and the giants yeah now, i'm not saying that either one of them are gangbusters but you know you're on the road and this is a rookie head coach on the road with a with still a young quarterback who didn't play a lot in college so we're told <laughs> um so fred uh
5: adam you guys both ditched me on friday night so i was here by yeah, myself you were here by uh, yourself so. which was nice of you both uh <laughs> And I asked the question uh, because the insider page at espn.com has a column up that says ranking the NFL's most likely worst to first teams. So, I went through the list of who could be most likely to go worse to first. Right. Uh, of the eight teams that finished in last place last season. So, I put the poll on my Twitter feed at Chris Black and I gave the options. The Texans, who are number one ranked on this list. And I think we would all agree, if healthy, the Texans are probably going to be a team fighting for the playoffs. They should be. Another team, number two on the list, the San Francisco 49ers. I put them on the poll. Uh, they're number three on the list. The Broncos are actually number two. I also put put them on the poll and then i added the chicago bears i put the bears in there on the list the bears actually come in seventh so you have the giants the bears you have the jets the buccaneers the browns the 49ers broncos and the texans 52 percent of the people voting on the twitter poll say the chicago bears will be the team that goes worst to first running away with the poll yeah Listen, I've heard that ain't a lot gonna of, happen. I've heard a lot of mistakes.
4: <laughs> I mean
3: I'd love to say the Bears are gonna be good, but there's no way they're gonna be better than, than the other teams in their division go worse to first. Yeah, somebody always does it. It seems like, but I don't think it's gonna happen.
4: I've heard a lot of excuses about why Trubisky's gonna be okay. I, we had someone who, uh, who was on the phone who had to go and he said that maybe they're just hiding the plays from us and we don't wanna, we don't wanna see, oh, they yes. don't want us to see it. There's just, there's so many excuses and now bear, like that's, Come on. Almost 3,000 3, votes, votes on that.
5: And uh, I retweeted yes. it so we could still uh, watch the vote
4: happen. Yeah, the Texans are
5: second at 23%. 40, 49ers, 20%. Broncos, 5.
3: We will talk more about that, and then we'll get to Jesse whenever he calls. You know, Joe Madden. he wants to talk to the media. When oh, Joe talks, yes. people listen. Yes. At least if they're covering the team. So it's Black and Dolly Huebner right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day.
1: Trubisky to Burton. Touchdown, Bears!
3: Right on cue, and
1: there it is. A slide naked play, shotgun, but it becomes a slide naked. What do I mean by that? They lead, Burton. Uncovered underneath. He just slides right behind the offensive line. Watch Burton slide right behind the offensive line. They have to go. The defensive end has to take the quarterback. Burton wide open because the coverage, the inside backers, basically got picked on the inside. Easy pitch and catch on the misdirection play. A lot of misdirection early
0: by the Chicago Bears. This see Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN
3: 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Highlights courtesy of Fox 32. Misdirection's fine as long as the Bears know that they're going in the right direction. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner talking some Bears football until Jesse calls us. Jesse is in Pittsburgh for the final day of a four-day series. He had dinner with Cap last night. That should be exciting. We'll talk about how that uh, went. Uh, the Cubs' offense over the last... Three days, it's Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber, Ben Zobras, solo homers. That's yeah. it. That wow. recaps the whole thing. Oh for 5 with the runners in scoring position yesterday. Yeah, they just didn't have a whole lot of guys on base yesterday. Uh, it was a nice pitch game by Joe Musgrove. Not a nice pitch game by Tyler Chatwood. We'll talk with Jesse when he gives us a call from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Chris, before you went, we went to the break, you were talking about the ranking. The NFL's most likely worst of first. Uh, yeah. is in an article that came out and... Um, From Football Outsiders Almanac, it was actually on ESPN. And um, Houston should be the team that goes from worst to first this year in the NFL because they were a team that was not supposed to be worst last year in their division. But when you lose your quarterback, you lose J.J. Watt, it's kind of tough. And they had other injuries, too, at wide receiver and things like that. So they struggled. And we've seen in the past what the Houston Texans do with their top quarterbacks down They've been bad for years yeah, they where their nothing. top quarterbacks yeah. have been down. So uh, it says here they the chance of them making the playoffs, 42%. That's yeah. that's pretty nice. Ninth in the NFL. I think a lot of people expect that. And after everybody saw what Deshaun Watson did in a short time last seven year. Seven games. What was it? Seven games? 19 touchdowns? 19 touchdowns. Yep, 19 I mean, touchdowns. Come on. That was ridiculous. And they, he's got some really nice receivers, has a couple of tight ends. So, uh, I don't know. Denver didn't do anything really to, that... Uh, surprise me or I don't know, do they have the talent that they can actually move from from worst to first? I don't see that happening for them.
5: Well, I think the the point of view there would be assuming the defense is still really good and that Case Keenum plays the way he did last year for the Vikings. I'm not sure if Case Keenum is that type of quarterback. It may have just been the system that they had in Minnesota for him to step in and be so successful last year. I agree with you, Fred. I I would rank the the 49ers ahead of the Broncos on the list, saying that they have the second-best chance to be the worst-to-first team to make the playoffs.
3: Yeah, and they still have to catch the Rams. I mean,
5: but they could make right. they could be a wild card team. I mean, yeah. of all divisions in football, to to project out that the Rams and the 49ers both to get in, I think are right. I think
4: that's likely. If there are two quarterbacks last year that we saw that got it right away, it was Deshaun Watson before he got hurt, and Jimmy Garoppolo when yeah. he went to San Francisco. So I agree with you. I think even though they have to get by the Rams, but still they could still make the playoffs as a wild card team because you know Jimmy Garoppolo looks the part he looks oh, he like does. a quarterback yeah. that's going to be successful in the nfl like he's he made great throws he was he carried that team once he got to san francisco with very little time to prep he was great for them and he's going to it looks like he's going to continue to be great for them yeah like, he does like the thing on denver uh in dboa they were 31st on
5: offense they were horrible right. last year mm-hmm. but they were 10th in defense so if you improve a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, yeah. Denver could be a team waiting and and kind of figuring themselves out offensively where they then get into the playoffs, but that would also assume that Kansas City comes back to earth and you you then assume that maybe... Gruden and the Raiders don't figure it out this season. So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting because as we sit here, the Bears on the list rank 7th, and it says chances of winning the NFC North 6.9%. That's 4th in the division, so that's last. And chances to make the playoffs, 13.3% 30th in the NFL. There's almost no shot that I would say that this team's going to go worst to first this season. Yet, Bears fans and people responding on a Twitter poll that I posted on Friday night are suggesting that they think the Bears are the team that could go worse to first. So that's where we could start the conversation this morning. As If you're listening, you're a fan of the NFL, you're a fan of the Bears, who is the team? Because each and every year, guys, we see a team jump from worst to first. It's how the NFL, the lifeblood of the NFL, is based on this concept that you could hit the bottom of the pool, and the next season you could be the darlings of the NFL. You could take one year off, and all of a sudden be back in the playoffs the next year. Sure. You could be the Rams. You could be this team. You could be that
4: team. Well, it happens every year. Who do you think it could be? That also means that there has to be a team that goes from first to not necessarily worse, but there has to be a team that goes from yeah. first to out of the playoffs. And to me, the team that's going to miss out could be the Jacksonville Jaguars, who made it last year, because all you have to do is is slightly worse play from Blake Bortles, and that team does not make the playoffs. Come on, he's going to get better. But no. That defense was awesome. That defense, Yeah, that defense, that was a phenomenal defense. I'm I don't know if tell they can continue that.
3: I do have to tell you, the defense was really good until they got to the postseason, yeah. and then they ran around like they'd never played the game before. That is true. They were so bad. I could not believe they played as badly as they did. The cornerbacks, especially the secondary, they were terrible when it came time to step up. Mm-hmm. All year long, they were tremendous. And then you're watching them, it's like, who are these guys? They suck. Well, Abdallah. To counter your point, it doesn't have to be a first
5: place team, especially in the AFC, because Buffalo and Tennessee both made the playoffs yeah. last year.
4: No, I, I just remember that I, was, to believe, you yeah. pulled up the standings, and then I see Tennessee, and I'm like, I don't know about Tennessee. Buffalo. Well, they Come on, Mike had, Vrabel, new head coach. Buffalo just had an injury as well to uh, their quarterback. So yeah, probably Buffalo. Yeah, probably Buffalo. Roll Uh Probably Buffalo or Tennessee. <laughs> I would say. But I could also see the Jaguars. So you may get a couple teams that could sneak into the playoffs this year. Because if you look at the... Go back to where it was. Do you... Yeah, because... Because if it's the Texans, the Texans are going to replace one of the teams. I don't have a computer in front of me. I, we're sitting in a three man booth here. There's a four man booth. We with currently two computers, have two two men, one two computer computers. Right now. Yeah. You, have, you have three dudes on two computers. I got to use my phone. Two men, one mouse. It's uh, what's happening people, over here. people that walk by think you're not paying attention. They yeah. just on your phone
3: all the time. Well, I mean, you know, that's millennial. true too. But
4: I have to <laughs> use Jerk my. I have to here. use my phone. As my computer. So I asked Chris to nicely scroll up so I could see the rest of the standings. The Texans will keep one of the either the Titans or the Jaguars out of the playoffs this year. Now, the one thing with the for Bears fans, and if you want to jump
3: in, your reaction to what happened last night and as we go forward, if you could tell Bears fans one thing, would you tell them not to be? I mean, You don't want to tell Bears fans to be patient because, what is it, seven years without the playoffs? Mm -hmm. It's tough to tell a fan base to be patient. But would you also tell them They
5: haven't won a Super Bowl since 1985. I don't know if you've known that or heard that before. But uh, the greatest team ever, 1985, the Super Bowl Bears, Uh Um, our entire lifetime, Black and Abdallah, all we've
3: heard about is this team. Can we get a new team in there to win? How about that? I know. Well, just imagine how long people heard about the White Sox and the Cubs from when they won the World Series. It takes a long time sometimes here in Chicago. But would you tell Bears fans, you know, just to go in and not, and I mean, not anticipate things? I mean, you hear people like Cap with the nine wins, and maybe it gets some people's hopes up. I mean, going into the season, I have no idea what to expect. I really don't know what to expect because we. I hate to say injuries, but we've already seen Taylor Gabriel didn't play yesterday. We were talking earlier about Allen Robinson, who's coming mm-hmm. off knee surgeries. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd is hurt. We, you know, uh, there's so many injuries. This team does not have the depth, and it does take several years to build up depth by drafting guys that are going to stick around. And
4: did you notice something that Adam Amin said when he was on with us about half an hour ago about Cody Whitehair experimenting with yeah. the way he's snapping the ball? Yeah. Dude, what? Why are you exper- What is this experiment? You snap the ball. Yeah, snap the ball. You've Either been there you for can't a couple do years, it, or yeah. you can't do it. It's not a well, maybe, or he's okay. No, the one thing you need to be able to do in the NFL as a center is snap the ball, and if you can't do it you shouldn't be playing center. Or if you're experimenting or practicing or whatever, you shouldn't be doing it. And this is going to be a problem, I think, that goes into the regular season, and then it's going to be too late to fix it because then you're going to have to bring... uh, What's his face in? James Daniels. James Daniels to try And then he's going to have to be brought along as a center. And then you're going to have a couple weeks of that. It's just... Why are we playing two guys out of position? I I was kind of
3: disappointed, though, hearing what Adam Amin said because in Adam's mind, and he saw... Daniels play in college mm-hmm. and I like think a lot of people probably did but oh, yeah. in his mind he's not ready to take that spot because he's not big enough yet did I get that right yeah, yeah he said he doesn't have the yeah. size yet he hasn't put on enough weight he's gonna have to do that in order to play that position in the NFL and that that saddens me because I would love to see <laughs> Daniels snapping and move Whitehair to, to guard people forget Whitehair was drafted as a guard yeah they moved him to center the week of the opener two years ago.
5: Yeah, because they didn't have a center. Right, they didn't have a
3: center because their center went down. And uh, so, I I hate to bash Cody Whitehair, but as Matt Nagy said last week, the snaps can't happen. 98% of the time, the snaps have to be good, if not 100%, he said. Mm -hmm. And even yesterday, forget about the other one. There was another bad snap in the middle of the field that was up around his head, and he had to go up to get it, and he still did and made the nice play. You know, we're all going to talk about the one that was in the end zone, but that, that wasn't the only bad snap yesterday for Cody Whitehair. Let's fast forward.
5: Uh, when Daniels is developed, he does have the size. He will play center, right? That's I would think what's so, going to happen. Hopefully. And then Cody Whitehair goes back to guard, and now your interior line is pretty good. It's not bad. I, I feel really comfortable about Daniels, Whitehair, and Long. Two guards and that center. I like. I feel very comfortable about that. So. I, I don't know how you fix that right now if the guy's not ready to play it, but we've seen some flashes in a couple of preseason games where it seems like he's pretty good, and yeah. especially in the run mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So, Fred, it's an interesting thing to kind of watch because wouldn't it be worth it to get Whitehair back at his natural position to allow Daniels to learn on the job if it's just a little bit lower of production than you what mean, you, you learn, get
3: from whitehair learn on the job as the season goes along
5: yeah right yeah. like because how learn
4: much the worse would it be if it doesn't involve Trubisky getting get crushed up the middle every yeah. every snap right because that's right. because right. here's but, the problem but if whitehair can't snap the ball then what are you doing to begin with well what's what's worse it's a chicken egg situation here what's worse is it worse that you can't snap the ball, or is it worse that after you snap the ball, you're not big enough to take on the guy that's in front of you because we've you haven't seen him, out enough we've weight? We've seen
5: him in the running game; yeah, be he's pretty, pretty damn good as, right. a, as a blocker. So, mm-hmm. which bad egg would you prefer? I don't want bad eggs. Well, uh, listen, this is the Chicago Bears, and that's all we've got.
3: <laughs> See, that's what—that's why when I was right. when, when Adam was talking, that—that's the one part that jumped out of me because I just thought it was going to be simple. Here, mm-hmm. Daniels is there. He played the Big Ten. Big guys in the, in the yeah, defensive side of the Wisconsin, Big Ten, you're going right. big you're going guys. Nebraska cornfield. Yeah, guys. Just put him in the middle. Just mm-hmm. put him in the middle. What's the big deal? Move him to the middle. White hair to the guard. There's times they can help out each other. That's mm-hmm. what they do. Guards and centers. They help each other. If the snaps can be perfect from Daniels or, or better than White Hair, why not just flip him? I mean, because Daniels is going to be there anyway. If he's going to be, if he's going to be your starting left guard. If they're not going to start him at guard, yeah. and they're going to start Cush, then. You know everything gets held back. I mean, he was your second round draft pick. He was drafted before Anthony Miller was. Okay, yeah, so people and he might should not, remember might not that. See the field, right? And I think you know if that's the case, you know, move him in. Um, I understand you want him to be. You don't want to put him in until he's ready, but sometimes you just got to make that move. I think no. there's
4: a lot of other question marks. And as you said, you don't know what to expect going in. And I, think, I have no idea what I to expect. I think I kind of know what to expect. And it's been called a pessimistic outlook. And it's been called, I'm, I'm drinking the Bears hater Kool-Aid, I guess. But when you look at the division and you have a, a lot of people are picking the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. yeah, And a lot of people pick the Packers every year to go to the Super Bowl just because of Aaron Rodgers. You have two Super Bowl contending teams in the division. And then you have the Lions who got... Just like the Bears got their quarterback a lot of weapons in the offseason and have a new coach. Okay, so they did the exact same thing the Bears do. And trust me, the optimism is there in Detroit, just like it is in Chicago for everything that Matt Patricia is going to bring there and all the new weapons that they have. Yeah. So you are going up against three very good teams. Twice. And then you have to face the rest of your schedule. You which to, is very tough. Which is very yeah. tough. You have to face the 49ers on the road. You have to face the Patriots. You have to face the Cardinals who had a top 10 defense in DVOA. And the Rams here. And uh-huh. the Rams uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. But still. 12-4, and
5: four, guys. Bears.
4: <laughs> but still, I, I. that's why I think that, I'm yes, not going to let may... you bring me down today on a beautiful Sunday morning no. and live
5: your life in a negative you fashion. You may see
4: improvement. You may see Trubisky hopefully take that next step and be a franchise quarterback. You may see that. But they may not be ready to win just yet.
5: That's negative.
4: It's not negative. Being a realist here, we
3: don't. We, we I'm don't, the one that sees it. We don't do this usually in this show, but you guys need some practice. We we, oh,
5: yes, yes. because starting, yes, at,
3: starting in a couple weeks, you're going to get a lot of phone calls from people like Matt in Plainfield. Matt, what's going on?
1: Hey guys, uh, so I uh, hope you're all doing well this morning. Show's great. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I'm in this stupid league where we're actually drafting today. Oh. Um, and, yeah, I know. It's really what? early, and it's, it's terrible, but what am I going to do?
5: Uh, how good of friends are you with these guys?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, You know.
5: Uh, there just, you go.
1: Get out of the league, yeah. Matt. Get out of the league. <laughs> well, well, I feel pot committed. It's my third year in this, this uh, three-man keeper league, and uh, I'm trying to really build this team. So my question is, uh, I got um, Cam Newton... Doug Baldwin, and Devonta Freeman, and I got the first overall pick. Do I go for Saquon for years to come, or do I go for, like, a, a proven player that's been in the league?
5: Well, okay, so who's available yeah, that's, that's not, question. not keeper mm-hmm. at the running back position?
1: Well, see, that's why I'm not quite sure if, uh, if they're not out yet until, like, an hour before, and it's still a few hours away. But I know, like... Uh, um, what's his name from uh, the Falcon Is going to be available. Okay, uh, so. Receiver.
3: Oh, Julio uh, Jones.
5: Yeah, Julio. I was drawing a blank there. Yeah. Okay.
3: But, no, after last year, know. I might take Julio Jones. Okay, so, he so, so here, here's the way that
5: I I'd answer is based on where. Saquon Barkley is probably projected to be this season and going forward. He's probably going to be a top five running back. Mm -hmm. And I doubt that any of the guys ranked above him will be available. So I would go Saquon Barkley, even over Julio Jones, because if you can land that top five running back, who's of the Todd Gurley, the David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott type player,
4: I would rather have Saquon Barkley over someone that has to rely on getting the ball. Yeah, you may not get the week one or week two production that you're looking for because of his hamstring but for if this since this is a keeper league i think you're going to get that they're going to rely on him a lot so i think you're going to get that production you want so i and especially with wide receivers you never know because you have to rely on the quarterback to get them and matt ryan has been off so we don't really yeah. know what kind of a year they're going to have but you know they're going to feed saquon barkley the ball as much as possible hey matt you want you want to go to the uh, fantasy football convention
3: uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, when is it? It's next coming Saturday? up next Saturday. Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Hang on, we'll get you some tickets. And, uh, we'll get you some tickets for that. Uh, hang on one second, Eric will take care of that. And you know what? And we're not going to take a lot of other calls. We're not going to take a lot of other fantasy calls, but we are going to take... Brian, what if the people want to talk fantasy? Come no, on. No, 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 we'll, we'll save that for, you know, some other time.
8: No, 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 no. no. Yeah, It's fun.
3: We'll save that for some other time. But now that we do have tickets, we will be giving away some more tickets. So the people listening will uh, give people an opportunity to win some. But you know what? Matt, out of the clear blue, called with a fantasy yeah. question. Why not? I know our next guy, he had to be in fantasy land because he was getting a free dinner from David Kaplan last night. At least that's what he said. Maybe Kaplan and pay for dessert or something. What do you
5: think Jesse would do with that fantasy football question?
3: He would ask
4: somebody else. He'd write an oral history about it. <laughs> Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guys. What's going on,
2: What's Jess? Up, Who's going to hover today? me. Who's going to hover yes. today, Jess? My, my money's on Listella. He's leading off. <laughs> so, I mean, Joe is really, really, uh, you know, running the gambit of possible leadoff hitters here, right? I mean, is this his fourth and four games? I'm trying to think now. He had Hap, He's had Zobrist. Rizzo. Yeah, Listella. Yeah four and four games, I believe.
3: Yeah. but well, so, when did, uh, really did Baez lead off, off, too? Though. I think Baez then
2: Bias. Yeah, led maybe off. it was Bias. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was Bias. You're right. You're right. Anyway, they're searching for offense, obviously. Three solo homers. That's never happened in three consecutive games. You know, for the Cubs, as the only run scored in the game in 110 seasons. And since we brought it up, I mean, combined, this has been an offensively challenged series, right? Three runs each, so six runs total. Uh, in a four-game series, there has not been 10 runs or less scored in 32 years. So they are challenging that. Six runs combined, if they get to 10 or less, or, or don't get to 10 or right. less, I say, uh, it's the first time in 32 years. Now, the modern era record is five in a four-game series. So they've already passed that. They won't set that record. Uh, but they could easily set this year's record, which was 11, which was set by the Cubs and Brewers. So there's a little theme here with the Cubs in, in these four-game series. Uh they are they already have the, the lowest amount and they might reach it again or break it, uh, you know, today with six runs combined uh between the two teams. So it's yeah, it but let me just say this as I ramble on here. I, I said this earlier in the week and no one wants to buy it. Yes, the Cubs have some offensive struggles, but so do a lot of teams, or at least seemingly they do in the national league, because the national league has a lot of parity. You have to admit that. And I said this the other day, the central division has, has much better pitching than anybody gives it credit for. Even the Reds are pitching better. Um and, and Joe Musgrove was good yesterday. I yeah. can't deny that. Now I think the Cubs are trying to pull the ball a little too much. But the combination of them trying to do that and Musgrove taking advantage of that sort of aggressiveness to, to the especially for right handers, you know, I think combined, you know, that's what's going on here. There's a combination of things. But give credit to the opposition, especially in the central division on the mound. That just means the Cubs have to be that much better at the plate. And last thing, I've said this all week, uh, or all series, right-handers can't do damage in this park unless they go to right field. They're Pulling the ball in this park, the ball does not travel. You saw the three home runs, all from lefties, all pulled to the right side. So there's a little something unique about this park. There's no damage being done by right-handers, seemingly. You know, I'm not saying none at all, but really not a lot at all uh, from the right side. So there's a lot going on here, but the bottom line is Cubs have to score more if they're going to win the World Series. I think we all agree with that.
5: Jesse, Jose Quintana, last time out Tuesday, he was awful against the Brewers. What do you expect from him today?
2: Well, it's two bad ones in a row and I really don't think he'll do three in a row. This reminds me of of Lester the other day except for the fact that Joe really didn't put a great defense behind him compared to to the day Lester uh, pitched, right? Zobrist is in the game in right instead of Hayward. Lestell is in the game at second instead of Baez because Baez is short. Still have Bodie and Baez on the left side, that's fine, but so it's a, you know if he gives up a lot of uh, contact could be some issues defensively but it sets up fine what did I just say you know lefties um, in this park I think pitch well because you got to really get a lefty lefty you know has to really be able to get good wood on the ball to pull that out of the park so really has an advantage coming in right to right handers because it takes a lot to, to, to pull that ball out to the left to left field so I just think it sets up well we saw Lester pitch well we saw Hamels pitch well now, Catana, all lefties. I don't think it's a coincidence that, that that works well in this park. He just doesn't have the same defense. And I don't see him blown up three times in a row. I just don't. Um, now, with him, you just don't know. Uh, but we've seen him be great. We ha- We know what's in there, and we've seen him be awful. So, uh, I would. I think Cubs would take something in between. Though, I mean, we saw yesterday three runs easily won uh, the game. Uh, so, you need a little offense when Katana pitches because he's you know, right now, it doesn't feel like he's going to shut anybody down. What, though we know he's
4: capable of it. Jesse, you made all the excuses for not hitting uh, the your last answer, but I want to know: the Cubs have always hit well after they have a hitters' meeting. Is there going to be a hitters' meeting today?
2: I don't think so. I mean, you can only go to that well so often. And they, <laughs> well, that yeah, let's have a meeting. Game. They that lasted one game. I mean, they. You know, the meeting is an overused word in a sense, I mean. There's always conversations going on, but but you're not wrong. I mean, there, there, there's group meetings, and then there's close the door. Chili and, and, and maybe even Joe, but mostly Chili addressed the whole team. They did that earlier in the week. They're not going to do it again. And, frankly, it didn't work that day. It carried over one day against the Brewers, and since then they've scored one run in each of the games. So um, I'm not sure that that really matters. You just got to get back to going the opposite way. I know it's a broken record, but uh, Joe said it yesterday, and he even – he even, you know, he slipped in a, he used these words, the one time the offense was going well, we were going the opposite way. Like, he even recognizes there was really only one time this season. Now, it lasted a little bit. This is probably June into July. Don't quote me on the exact time, but we we all remember it. There was one time where they really started doing the right thing and the results showed up, and, and that's it. And he even said the one time we were having success, we were going the other way. So, it has been a weird season offensively. I've sort of defended it, and you're right, not made excuses, but at least recognize there is some good pitching in the NL, and everybody has these weird offensive days. But for the names on the paper here, even without Bryant, they should be better, there's no doubt.
3: Jesse, we knew that it was probably going to be an interesting start for Tyler Chatwood. Yesterday uh, gets out of the first inning. The second (laughs) inning starts. He walks the first two guys. They both come around to score along with another run. There's three runs. He walks a guy to lead off the third, and Joe comes and gets him. Did it surprise you at how short the rope was?
2: I mean, only a tiny, tiny bit. Um, And I like Joe's answer. Obviously, he didn't see the trend going the right way for, for Chatwood. But just as important, he recognizes that his team's in an offensive slump, so three runs is quite enough to overcome, let alone if it got to four or five. So just figured let's pull the trigger. I think he just kind of treated it as a bullpen day without saying it, right? You know, a bullpen day means you start a reliever for two, three, you go to the next one for two, three. That's kind of what it was. I don't think they expected Chatwood to, you know, have seven innings of two-run ball, but they wanted more than two-plus, right? So I guess I wasn't that surprised. Um, and uh, when, when does he get back on the mound in any sort of meaningful way for this team? I'm not sure it's going to happen. This was an emergency start considering Montgomery was pulled just the day before. They gave him a shot after a little bit of a break, you know, sticking him in the pen. He had one good inning, and then just, you know, <laughs> again, walks two to start the second, walks the leadoff man in third. So uh, not, not that surprised, maybe just a tiny bit.
5: Everyone's favorite uh, Chicago Cub infielder is not in the lineup today. Aston Russell, is this just a planned uh, day off?
2: I don't know if it's planned. I think he's going to err on resting him more than not. Now, Joe will address that soon. My, my point is, if he was going well, he probably wouldn't need the rest. He's sad enough. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure he planned it four days ago, but in, in, in doing a day game after night game lineup with an offense that isn't doing much, okay, who am I, Who do I want in there right now? I'm always going to want Baez in there, even though he's struggling. I want Bodie in there, even though he's struggling a little bit. Uh, who's the guy that really isn't doing anything? It's Russell. So it's pick your poison in a way, and he looked awful last night. Joe claims he's, he's healthy. I'm going to try to go talk to Addison today. A lot of people asking me on Twitter and stuff. You know, he looks bad at the plate with the swing. Um, I've asked him uh, probably 10 days ago about his knuckle. He said, that's ah, it's fine, it's fine. But, you know, they say that it doesn't mean that it necessarily is. Uh, just an awful, awful year for him offensively. I thought he was coming out of it. At, you know, maybe earlier in the year, his on base is okay, but that's not enough. You know, that's not enough. Um, and he's made some other mistakes in the base pass. He's still good defensively. You got to give him that. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily planned. Except for I got to at least start some people that are doing something on offense. And I think that's why Zobrist is in there. Third, I think it's third day in a row, day game after a night game. That's the thing that that stands out. Um, but they've got to ride some guys that are doing something offensively.
4: That's a good lead into uh, my question, Jesse, about this, about rest, because we've got this stretch of long games here. We're in to at the end of the first week of this long stretch of games. I don't think their next day off is until September 13th or something like that. They have a, 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 string of, a long string of games here. Is there any planned rest that Joe Mann has talked about for these guys where he's going to be giving guys more days off because of the long stretch of games?
2: Not really, because we already know that he will. We, we, we know that he will, and the one thing they have yet to do this month is that American Legion week that he does where he basically says show up and play. That's usually during a homestand. Um, I think it's going to happen at the end of the month. Um, you know, show up at 5 o'clock, 5.30, dress and play. So he still has that in his back pocket. That'll give them a nice little breather. And, you know, he'll just rotate like he always does. I, I, I mean, nothing highlights Joe Madden's philosophy that last year Cubs are in a race. Ten games to go, and he sat Chris Bryant just a- after a day off to give him two in a row. And Bryant had the best ten days of, of his of his season, I think, when he came back. Joe is going to do that all the way up until the end. He really is. Let alone the fact they in, the, they have a lead, and they can they can they can afford a little bit of a you know respite for guys. Where maybe teams like Milwaukee and St. Louis have to put the pedal to the metal. So um, I think he's just going to do what he's always done: rotate him in and out. Twenty three games in a row will just highlight that in a sense meaning you'll see Rizzo probably come out once in a while, and you'll see Bias come out once in a while, and he'll just do it like he always does.
3: Geez, if a couple days in the, uh, off in a row had Chris Bryant playing, well, just imagine how he'll do when he comes back now. Uh, <laughs> people don't even know what he looks like anymore. Josh, uh, one last thing before we let you go. How is dinner with Cap?
2: Well, uh, I don't want to say he blew me off, but oh, uh, he, was no! back, <laughs> he was back at his hotel at uh, ten thirty or eleven, I was still working. That's the only difference. He was here as a fan. He gets to leave right away. I was still working, and he went back to his hotel. and He said, "Call me if you want breakfast," but well, I didn't call him. I blew. Him. So I blew him off today. Wow, so we're, what we're a maybe, cat maybe, move! Yeah, I mean dinner. It's tough to do dinner. It's, it would have it been after eleven, but a nice little a beer or two would have been nice, you know, from the guy done done that silly TV talk show so often for him. Um, we all have (laughs) just, yeah, hopefully I'll see you today, but I, we did, we missed each other last night and then I, I didn't call him today for breakfast. First of all, I get a free breakfast at the hotel. So thanks a lot, Cap. You know it's like, hey, I buy your beer at an, open, at an open bar at a wedding. He right? wants you to
4: split. Uh, plus, he he would probably would have told you that he was in some middle of some intermittent fast or something and couldn't eat, right. so he couldn't meet you for breakfast. Right. Well, he
3: already posted a picture. Exactly. He already posted a picture with his son Brett at uh, breakfast at a place called Pamela's. He says this one of his favorites. So, uh, and I don't yeah, see, I, I don't see you matter. in the picture. Wow!
2: I think he forgot that I have to work. He's like, call me in the morning. Maybe we'll get together for brunch. I'm like, brunch? We're going to be at this ballpark at 10 o'clock. Game on ABC Channel 7. I had to make yeah. it, like, so beautiful today. There you oh, go. You
3: time Jesse. For Jesse. Jesse, we look forward yep. to seeing you. Hopefully, you'll have something good to talk about.
2: Well, yeah. I only do that walk-off interview if they win. So, if you don't see me, it's because they're not, they're not doing well. So, we'll see. Jess, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Okay.
3: Jesse Rogers Hi, Jess. in Pittsburgh, getting blown off. I mean, he it, it, isn't
5: that the most yeah. cap thing? Yeah, right. Yeah. Pardon the expression. Uh, isn't that
3: the most cap thing possible? Well, and you got to realize, it is an evening game. It, it's a night game, so you figure it's going to be late anyway. I don't You're know
5: on vacation yeah. a weekend away. Go yeah. out and have a beer with Jesse. Listen Jesus. to
3: this. His son crushed an omelet, bacon, toast, and uh, had some of caps even so
5: yeah brett's great What's uh, that?
3: what the heck cap
4: cap was- cap was too full on cheese from yesterday <laughs> oh my god but like isn't <laughs> he there- bought it all there so is Chris not a- can't a- have there is not a bigger
5: cap move than jesse you're on with me first question where are we going to dinner second question i'm paying third question that wasn't even a question and then you get there in a different city <laughs> and you just blow jesse off
3: yeah you can't do that not jesse this it works guy. too hard for you.
5: You can listen to Cap and Company Monday morning at nine a.m. right here on ESPN. I can't wait, and uh, there's a good chance we'll hear
3: we'll hear Jesse's response
4: come back. Yeah, I can't wait for Monday when you tomorrow when you bring that back, Chris, and you just why are you blowing up that? That's the lead, not what the Cubs <laughs> did, not what Trubisky <laughs> did. Why did you blow off Jesse? That's you, it. You,
5: you said it. He's going to give some nonsense about intermittent fasting and mm-hmm. how it was 11 o'clock and mm-hmm. I can't eat at that time and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And Here, Here's the hotel I stayed at. I'll tell you and- this. And I was Here up too my- early to get cheese. Yeah. And I'm I'm
4: cheesing on a Saturday morning. Oh, okay, and- I'll tell you this. Tom Thibodeau calls him to tell him to come down to the hotel lobby for a drink. He's yeah, down there. Yeah, he yeah, comes you know, down. You know which Sparky got me out of bed
5: to, to go hang out with Thibodeau and watch him slam a pizza? Mm-hmm cap
4: yeah exactly <laughs> but not good enough to hang out with jesse no 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 i get it oh. it's fine that's sad uh black
5: abdallah
3: uh, hubner we come back more baseball our mlb notebook right here on espn 1000 cap this is chicago's game day only on espn 1000 and
0: ESPNChicago.com.
6: and a ball driven to left center susan he's got it he's got it it's a no hitter
0: Fred goes around the horn.
1: It's a triple play for the Sox.
3: Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.
0: Fred's Baseball Notebook.
3: Wow, uh, welcome back in. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner, uh, the MLB Notebook. And we start in the Cubs division as the Cubs, they're leading the central. Four games over the St. Louis Cardinals now. The
6: Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, la The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, la The
3: Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, la The Cardinals are coming. tra The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. The Cardinals are coming tra-la, tra-la. For the Cardinals, their seventh straight series win in 30 games since the interim manager, Mike Schultz, took over. Um, Cardinals... We got past the Giants, the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Brewers in the wild card standings. Fourteen and three in August. Um and right now, four games behind the Cubs with six weeks to go, and they play the Cubs at least six more times. I think they'll wrap up the season with the yeah, Cubs. Yeah,
5: they have a three-game set to finish. What, what was that song? Was that Migos on that song, on that track? Friday? I'm
3: not sure. Who was that? Were they were they around in the 50s? Because I think that's when it was recorded. <laughs> I don't think so. It, it was it was on very, 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 very heavy vinyl. It was um, a Murder on the Beat. Okay, I, couldn't, right. I, couldn't, right. I, couldn't, I couldn't find the Harry Carey version, so that right. was... Uh, Other people. I heard the Migos there. Singing it. Um, The Cardinals are not the only team that's red hot right now. The Oakland A's are red hot. Oh, are they? Yeah. They were 10 games back of Houston on July 10th. They've gone 23 and 8 since then to tie this World Series champions atop the division. Oakland is now a season high 25 over 500. They own a share of the division lead outside of the month of April for the first time since August 25th of 2014. That's how long it's been since they shared the division lead in the West. Oakland, 24 and 12 in games started by guys named Anderson, Cahill, and Jackson. All guys that pitch for the Cubs. Um, Anderson and Cahill did not have jobs on March 15th. Washington released Jackson in June. Oakland picked him up, and they're 24-12 with the Oakland A's. So that's pretty darn good. The Dodgers, as Jesse was talking about, and a lot of people talk about the Dodgers struggling, the Dodgers are without a closer, and because of that, bad things happen like they did last night.
7: High drama
0: here with the bases loaded. No balls, one strike, one out. Flora taking his time, now set, and steps off. And it's a balk. A
7: balk
1: is called. A balk is called. And that's the ball game. It's a walk-off
5: balk. Valley saw it first. maybe gets doused. That was pretty obvious, Val. Yeah, we saw Justin Turner make a quick move over towards third base, But That's the way it ends in the bottom of ten. All right. Mariners will take it. They're now 12-1.
3: An extra inning. Yeah, the Mariners get the benefit of the doubt as Dylan Floro out of the bullpen for the Dodgers. A bases loaded balk, and the Mariners win five four in ten innings. Right now, Seattle uh, they're three and a half back both Houston and Oakland, but Seattle is also three and a half back in the wild card standings. So a much needed win for them and the Dodgers. They're two back in the wild card standings. They are uh, two games back of Arizona in the division and a game and a half behind Colorado for second place in that division. Everybody, I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you listen, uh, you know my love for Chris Sale. Uh, after he tore up his uniform, I had no use for him. Yeah, no, you don't want him back. No, I don't want him back. Mm-hmm. And he, he ain't coming back anytime soon. And he ain't coming back for the, the Red Sox yet when he, either. When
5: he's a Hall of Famer, Fred, what cap will he be
3: wearing in Cooperstown? Um, One that's cut up. Probably a cut-up one, yeah. A White Sox one, right? No. It'll be a Sox hat. It'll just be a Sox hat. with a ba- <laughs> with, with, with He'll just have Sox written across. I think he's going to go in as a White Sox. A recurring bout of mild left shoulder inflammation, and uh, uh-oh, he's on the DL again. Uh, it's, it's definitely less than it was last time. Um, like I said, it just didn't
9: bounce back. Didn't wasn't really responding the way we wanted it to. And, uh, you know, given kind of where we are, it was you know, kind of the right call to to, to give it some rest and, and stay on top of it. You don't you don't wanna, you know, be playing catch up during a during a time like this. So um, like I said, obviously terrible timing, not exactly the most ideal situation and uh, to be honest was quite miserable for me. So but at the same time, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna sit around the pout. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my chin up. I'm on the best team that's ever walked the planet. So uh, got, like I said, I got good teammates that have my back and
3: uh, I appreciate that.
5: Keep your chin up because you're on the best team to ever walk the planet. Ever walk the planet. The
3: Boston Red Sox. Yeah, forget about those 27 Yankees. Who the hell are they? One guy that has stepped up is David Price. His last six starts um, dating back to July 12th. Uh, Let's see here. 32. No, no. 40 innings, 32 hits, 8 runs, 7 walks, and 41 strikeouts. The Red Sox have won all six of those games. Right now, Boston, they're 88-38. and 38 I'm sorry, 88-36. and 36. That's really good. Really good. Yeah, that would be really good. They have a 10-and-a-half game lead, so if there's ever a good time to sit down, now is the time. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, there was all, all kinds of talk that Jacob DeGrom would get moved. He didn't get moved. He's still pitching for the Mets and uh, still doing what he does.
1: 0-2. Oh, Ground ball down to first. Handled by Flores. He'll run to the bag, and the ball game is over.
3: Jacob DeGrom with a
2: complete game performance, the third of his career.
3: Yes, and uh, very, very good yesterday. Just the 33rd in Major League Baseball this year. He cranked out his three hardest fastballs of the night, 98-99-99, the, to the last batter of the game. 3-1 win over the Phillies. DeGrom lowered his National League leading ERA to of 171, nine strikeouts. He walked no one. Jacob DeGrom with a, a complete game. Now, DeGrom, I... I don't think, I think that was his first also for the year. I'm not sure, but I did these the other day. I was talking to Eric upstairs before going into yesterday. I, it's weird that I figured this out yesterday, but there were 32 complete games, five pitchers in baseball, had thrown two apiece. Berrios from Minnesota, Paxton from Seattle, Tyon from Pittsburgh, who the Cubs face today, Yeah, and then two pitchers in Cleveland, Carrasco and Kluber. But you talk about Sale going on in the DL. And the Cleveland Indians, who have a ten—I'm sorry, a twelve-game lead in the Central—they're without Trevor Bauer for four to six weeks, as he's got a fracture in his arm. So that's not good either. No, it's not, Fred. But I think the Indians will be fine. He's—he's uh, he's got a fracture. I'm not sure if it's in his arm or not. I just know he's out four to six weeks. Trevor Bauer.
4: Drone related? Huh? Drone related? Yeah, it was I think his it is. foot or his leg? It was, it was lower leg. Right. And it's all a, a, all that. Yeah, it's not I,
3: drone related, Abdallah.
6: We don't know that,
4: though. It
3: was baseball-related. Okay. It could be drone-related. <laughs> We're not sure. Chris it's, is
4: just salty now, if you look up at your...
3: A guy that used to uh, play for the uh, Cubs for a short period of time. It was a Cub property, and he's gone to San Diego. He's done good things.
1: Being away by it to left. That's in. Here comes Jankowski around from second, and the Padres walk it off. They win it 7-6. to six. Christian being away with a hero tonight.
3: A guy that can play third base, Christian Villanueva, just think about it. You had Chris Bryant, you had Villanueva, then you also had Candelario, guys you had to move and then send elsewhere. He uh broken back single, broke, uh, broken bat single to left field. Travis Jankowski, game-winning run. Padres' a 7-6 win over the Diamondbacks yesterday. So the thing that I hate to hear, if the playoffs were to begin today, there would be a game 163 in the American League. The Astros would play the A's. The Red Sox would play the winner um, of that game. The Yankees would play the loser. Uh, let's see here. In the National League, the Cubs uh, would play the winner of either of the Philadelphia Cardinals series. And the Braves and Diamondbacks would play. So, the Cubs are there. So, which team, would,
5: if you're a Cub fan, which team would you want to face the least? Boy. Cardinals or Phillies? I'd say, that, yeah. Uh... No, the Phillies. The Phillies? Yeah. You would, watch out for that Jake Arrieta revenge yes. game. Yes. Watch That's out for the- exactly
3: why. Watch out for the Diamondbacks. I wouldn't be afraid of the Braves and Phillies other than the Phillies have pitching. It's going to be interesting. Cubs they, can't hit. They get a Cubs homer a game. Okay, one homer a game. One homer a game. All right. That's all they need right now. And
5: everyone's favorite stat, run differential. Uh, watch such out because... Such uh, a silly stat. You know, because... The Cubs can't hit, right? But everyone's come back to that as, well, they're number one in run differential in the NL. Well, the Braves are only three runs behind. They're at plus 87. The Cubs are at plus
3: 90. So the Braves might take them over in the next couple of games here. That's a stat I just don't understand much. And Joe Madney actually mentioned it earlier this week because um, since the All-Star break, the Cubs were over 500, but they had been outscored. Yeah. So I mean winning games is all that matters it doesn't matter if you win them one to nothing or if you win them you know 13 to two it doesn't really matter I understand I kind of understand how the analytics people love the you know the whole run differential I don't really see it as meaning a whole lot and I'll go to my grave with that I
5: think it explain
3: it to me and I,
5: I think it only matters when you're trying to to differentiate really good teams you know from the rest of the pack.
4: Yeah, I here, right? like look, I think I think baseball stats are very uh telling when someone is using them to support their narrative because that's basically all you you can use. Well, well the Cubs are are they can't hit. Well they're first and run differential, so you're wrong. You know, like you can yeah. baseball stats are are very easy to use because there's so many of them and so many different ones. Tons. That, that you can just you you can pick and choose which ones you like and dislike. Based on what narrative you want to set, right? So if you want to say that the Cubs are bad, you'll find stats to back that up. If you want to say the Cubs are good and fine, and there's nothing to worry about, and they'll be great, mm-hmm. you can find stats to back that up. We'll do that. When
3: we come back, we're going to hear from um, Matt Nagy. We're going to hear from Mitchell Trubisky about last night's game as the Bears won a preseason game, twenty four twenty three. Your calls at three one two three three two three seven seven six. We've got Nick Friedel coming up at uh, around eleven thirty. We'll talk to Nick about something. he a been concert going lately. Uh,
5: Nick's going to break down Trubisky
3: and the Bears in the preseason game in Denver. He can also tell us about Pearl Jam and Drake Ugh. along with Abdallah.
4: I'll tell you that I know exactly how much of the Bears game Nick saw, and it was when he looked down at his phone and the trying to do the math in his head of how the Broncos could have five. And I just <laughs> I, I look at him and I do the poor, poor guy the safety thing. He goes, they had a safety. Poor guy. Oh. He, How long do you stare at his phone?
3: (laughs) A couple seconds. There you go. It was still funny. So we'll talk to Nick about 1130. Your (laughs) calls 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. There it is. He got it. This
0: is Chicago's game day only on ESPN
3: 1000. Welcome back in. Chris Black, Adam Adala, Fred Huebner. Lots of Bears talk coming up. We'll hear from Matt Nagy. We'll hear from Mitchell Trubisky. We'll even hear from Jordan Howard. He's always got something interesting to say. I was being sarcastic. Um, nice. He's a heck of a runner. He just you know, Sometimes it, athletes are great, and sometimes you shouldn't expect a lot. And I think what we got out of Roquan Smith last week after his signing contract signing, should realize that no one should expect a whole lot from him yet. He didn't have much to say because there was nothing he could say. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. I just, I'm eager to see him on the field. Um, Baseball, the Cubs wrap up their series. Uh, Quickly, the lineup again. Uh, Lastella, Zobris, Baez, Rizzo, Hap, Schwarber, Contreras, Quintana on the hill, and David Bode. Joe has been sticking with the uh, pitcher in the eighth spot for a while. Um, They've got three solo homers in three games, and Joe said um, they've played well, except... They haven't hit.
8: wasn't that a whole lot different than the
3: last two nights. It really wasn't. We had one bet. We gave up three runs in one inning. Otherwise, you
7: had
0: yourself another one-nothing game. Our bullpen was outstanding. Of course, Chatwood was still struggled. It was obvious. Um, offensively, we, we got to get it together on offense. We, again, we played good
7: baseball.
8: We, we uh, uh, ran the bases well. We, we caught the ball on defense. The bullpen was outstanding. Our bats just have to um, come alive a bit. Otherwise, uh, I'm pleased with the game.
3: You ran the bases well.
8: You know, just go one good. Run.
3: How many times did you, get? you didn't get a ton of guys on base? Were the 0 for 5, you said, with runners in scoring <laughs> position? 0 for
4: 5. Yeah.
3: Um, they did get uh, the bullpen was good, as he mentioned, though. So that was good. Rosario, Chavez, Kinsler, and De La Rosa. Six innings, six hits. No runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. So... Yeah, but
4: you had to pitch your bullpen
3: for six innings. Yeah, you did. And then the, <laughs> night, bef- the night before that, you had uh, you had four different relievers come out. So we'll see what happens today. Hey, Strope's ready if they got a lead. He's all set. He's been good since the All-Star break in yeah. the closer role. He's been so. really good. So we'll see how things go later on today. Come back more Bears talk 332 3776 or any ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day. Deep
1: to
0: left field and it is fair And gone!
1: Deep left center. Game over. That's win.
0: That's win. Chicago's game day. He is
1: that the wall?
0: Loaded, bases clean. This is Chicago's game day will be on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome on in, Fred Hubner, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. Every Sunday here on ESPN One Thousand, get a Bears win to talk about. Twenty-four twenty-three. Your thoughts at two three 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 two three seven seven six. We'll hear from the coach. We'll hear from the quarterback, the running back. And you here on ESPN 1000. Bears have, uh, two more preseason games, both at home. You going to both of those, season ticket holder? No chance.
4: <laughs> well, no? On, on Saturday, uh, we'll be at the fantasy football convention. Oh, that's right. A one o'clock start. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. 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 Well, you know
3: what? Right now, since we're waiting for some phone callers, how about the, um, fifth and sixth callers? Or, you know what? The first three callers. 3123323776 that would like to go. We'll get you a pair of tickets. Is that how we're giving away? A pair of tickets? Yeah. yeah a pair of tickets. A pair of tickets to the ESPN 1000's 13th annual fantasy football convention and championship. Tickets are on sale now. You can buy the tickets if you don't win them. Um, you can get them online. Uh, click on the events tab on the ESPN Chicago Facebook page. The event next Saturday, the 25th, Joe's live in Rosemont. Special guests include ESPN's fantasy experts. Fields, Yates, and Stefania Bell, along with everybody from here. Uh, and you guys will have fun. It'll be you there's a couple different things. You can either just come for ten dollars or for fifteen dollars, you can be involved in the live draft. So uh go online. But the first five callers right now, three one two three three two three seven seven six, you all get a pair of tickets for the fantasy football convention. As we talk some Bears football, the Bears. Uh we saw some Mitchell Trubisky yesterday. 9 for 14, 90 yards, a touchdown, an interception, uh, 76.5 quarterback rating. Hey, I like that Chase Daniel.
5: Yeah, he was okay, right? Yeah.
3: Couple touchdowns.
5: 110.6 for yeah. a quarterback rating. Yeah, pretty good as a yeah. backup. Uh, don't start with us, Fred, with that though. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, Trubisky was good. He had some bad plays, a couple of them. Uh, the fumble in the end zone, which led to the safety and then the interception where Tariq Cohen didn't cut off the defender, thus stopping his route. Uh, sidearm back foot throw by Trubisky. I think it all could have been avoided, but for the most part, Trubisky was pretty okay last night. Yeah.
8: He said he is uh they're still working the offense still a work in progress. So this offense is, is really good and dynamic, it's got answers all the time and it's all about repetition for me to see how quickly I can get to those answers and process, especially when we're going no huddle. Uh, there was a couple times I, I could have went with a different answer. But uh I mean, when you find the answers in this offense, and the O-line did a great job all night, uh, the playmakers are going to get open. It's just my job to get them the ball. So um, I thought we had a great week of practice, transitioned to the game. Um, Chase balled out, and uh, it was good to come away with a win. So just got to go back to work this week and continue to find those answers within the offense because they're definitely there, and Nags has done a great job uh, just being patient with me, and it's, it's, it's a learning process, so we're still getting better with it. Did he say Chase balled out?
3: Yeah, that's yeah,
5: what he balled said. Out. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, balled out. Yeah, Balling. no, I wasn't sure who he said. I wasn't sure who he said the way he was wording Chase, it. Chase, Daniel. Okay. Uh Now, he did throw an interception. And it's an interception we've talked about throughout the course of the morning. Uh, he was expecting Tariq Cohen to cut in front and finish out the route, and Cohen didn't do it, and Trubisky talked about that INT.
8: Just miscommunication, just going to have to go back and watch film and correct that, and uh, I just expect me and Tariq to be on the same page right there, so that's something we'll just look at the film, go back in it and correct, and make sure it doesn't happen again because I just felt like that was unacceptable on my part to, And it. Then- I, I didn't get the, get another series after that, so I definitely want to don't want to end like that, uh, ad, especially when I thought we had some momentum going. So uh, I just thought that was unacceptable on my part, and uh, of course I'm gonna take the blame. So we just gotta go back correctly this week and make sure we're on the same page because uh, that's gonna be a good good. I gotta continue to get treat the ball in this offense because he can make plays for us.
3: Do you think that he go went to the sideline and after he was upset with the interception and everything else, and it was his last series? Do you think he asked? to to go out for another one? And would you, if you were the quarterback? Absolutely.
5: Yeah. And I would hope so. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Matt Nagy saw that play and was like, all right, this is enough of this today. Right. Like, we'll, we'll work on it and practice. There's uh, no reason
3: for you to look, yeah, to go yeah, back like, out there. and
5: We gave you enough time to look really good today. Eh, you kind of did, but all right, we're done with this. See, I, Fred, I thought it was interesting that instead of just finishing out the half, that you got pulled the moment you threw a pick. Yeah. It's like it might have been set.
3: I mean, they might it have, been have been saying, been, you know, whatever like, whatever wh- happens to this drive, you're done. But isn't it one of those things?
5: Like, uh, I remember when I used to play basketball in the backyard. I always tried to hit my last shot before I went in for the night. You want to and, leave people feeling good. Yeah. yeah. And, du- you know, uh, dusk would turn into dark and you're still out there shooting. You're like, <laughs> I got to switch it perfectly, though. Yeah. Right. Like, don't you kind of in the preseason like, all right, Mitch, go back out there, complete a pass or two. Then we'll pull you even if we have to punt or whatever we're going to do. Yeah. I, uh, it's it's weird because there was, like, that
4: little bit of time at the end of that, ha- in the right. second
5: quarter. It's like he could have finished.
4: Sure. Maybe they had just seen enough. You know what I mean? Like you said, like, it was just like, all right. Well, how does just, that make you
3: feel? Well, then? maybe they had a set number of plays. They could maybe have. They yeah, yeah. that could have been it. I don't know. But I, I, I just, he, just by the way he sounded, you know, you know, he didn't want to make that his last play. Right. The interception. And he wanted to get back out there and prove that he can do something. And I kind of, I like that in my quarterback. I want my quarterback to, you know, to, to want to get back out there. Uh, Matt Nagy talking about the, a lot of people tuned in to see if Roquan Smith was going to play. And Roquan Smith looked really nice on the sideline. It wasn't even street clothes because you can't buy those on the street. You can only get those from the Bears, uh, from the Bears' equipment Team manager, apparel. that's right, Tony Medlin, and uh, Nagy talked about Roquan Smith not playing in the game.
8: It's hard, and I know you guys understand this, but when you come in, when he did, and to to just throw him into the mix right away, again, we didn't we didn't feel that it was, it just it wasn't going to be right. So we'll, we'll we'll get that thing going here,
3: but that was it just wasn't the timing wasn't good. The the one the only thing I thought is you know put him in uniform so he feels like one of the guys. After not being there, yeah. you know what I mean, and and run, have him run him out there and have him run a you know a basic play or something, you know, just feel like you're part of something. Because now he's going to wait, now he's going to have to wait a whole other week till he gets any time in uniform on the field with his team, and that's the only thing. And I understand it made more, it, a lot of people said it would have made no sense to have him out there. I, I'm not saying have him play the first quarter, but you know, in the first game. Not even the Hall of Fame game, but even the first week, there were some guys that played, you know, one series and were done.
4: Yeah, but you don't want uh Joey Bosa situation where he's not oh. if he's not ready to go. So maybe he just wasn't ready right. to go. yet. I understand. So if he wasn't ready to go, why risk it in a preseason game that means nothing? Wait a week. If he's going to be ready to go by by the time saturday rolls around he plays next week it's fine and then he gets going and he's ready for the time as long as he's ready to go by the time the season starts that's all that matters yeah he's not going to be calling plays out there to start right so as long as he's ready by sunday night against the packers in a couple weeks then it doesn't matter
5: you know it goes back to our conversation we had last week uh, everything in the preseason is so trivial and, it and is. pointless, and we make it's so much so of it pointless. because we have
3: nothing else to talk about really. well
5: i mean it, it's there are things to point to to say, oh, is this guy getting better or whatever? But, like, in my head, Roquan Smith not playing, I'm not bothered whatsoever by it. Because yeah. it's like, he'll be fine. Game one, he'll be ready to go. Who right. cares? Right.
3: Uh, I'm hoping
5: that, too. But then I'm bothered by the fumble
4: and the interception from Trubisky. Yeah. So
5: I can't even agree with myself on on mm-hmm. <laughs> who cares or do I care about
4: preseason well, it, nonsense football. It also, like, your $9 million kicker missing a couple oh. field goals. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, but it's preseason. If he hits everyone in the regular season, like, we're not going to remember. What's his name? Punky? Cody Parky,
3: <laughs> Punky Brewster? Co-
4: yes. That's an old-time reference, right? it's yes. Cody Parky. And I don't even
3: remember, I think it was last week, I had asked uh, Adam Amin if, in fact, the short kickoffs were part of the plan and yesterday they kicked off and had a die at the seven. Did you see that? Yeah. He kicked off short. I'm sorry. I looked at you, Abdallah. Um, I saw
4: it. I saw highlights. I, I well, they probably didn't show you that one. They showed me. I saw like a good, uh, what was it like six <laughs> or seven minute recap of all the plays? Because they had a kickoff. <laughs> And I'm
3: going, what's he doing? And all of a sudden I realize, because we've talked a lot in the last couple of years about how Bill Belichick does really smart things because now if you kick the ball through the end zone, you get the ball to 25, you're giving the other team quarter of the field. And what they do is they have their kicker kick the ball short, so it has to be fielded. Well, Cody Parkey had a kickoff that died at the seven. Yeah, it and I mean it just landed on the ground and stopped. And it, that was
5: a good kick. And that if was that's, great. That's the plan, Fred. Then that's great because it makes the offense have to bring the ball out. Right. It makes them have to cover it, and yeah. then your your um, your team can get down there and and stop them. Hopefully, within the fifteen yard line, the ten yard line. Exactly.
3: That's it, a great strategy. Because I, I like it. It's still the, the two things that aggravate me more in it. In. In football, and there's a lot of them, is guys returning kicks that are in the, into the end zone because you're not going to get to the 25 the majority of the time. So no. what's the point? Yeah. Just take a knee and then you get the ball at the 25 yard line. And the other one is a guy like Craven LeBlanc catching punts inside the five. Brutal. He caught one at the five. Then he, he fair caught one at the five. Then he caught one at the two and tried to return it and he got three yards. He got to the five yard line. So that was, that was a very, very good, but he did get the peanut punch and that's all people are going to be talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow on the year when all the shows are here, we're going to be bringing up the peanut punch. And it was a great, it was a great move. And hopefully everybody else has learned that and they can do it because one guy, you know, or held the guy and as he was tackling him, in came LeBlanc and he punched the ball away. And it was perfect. It was a perfect punch, got the ball and Bears got it back. Now if they can do that during the season, we'll be very happy. But did you know the stat? They said the Bears were, Last night on the broadcast, they said the Bears were like one of the top teams in the NFL in recovering fumbles last year. Hmm. Interesting. I can look it up. Yeah. No, I didn't know I didn't realize that. Um I knew they were better. Well, I know that they were 7th in uh sacks, sacks.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Right. last
3: year. 7th in sacks. That one jumps up. But some they said they were like one of the Top teams, if not the best team, in recovering fumbles, fumble recoveries last year. So hopefully they will do that because that's what that's what you want your defense to do is take the ball away. We've been yelling for that for how many years? Yeah, since they're Lovie first left. in uh,
5: fumble recoveries. There last you go. Year. Yeah.
3: So we we've, we've been yelling for that ever since Lovey left. They were 29th in
5: interceptions though. Oh, that would not
3: be good, right? No. Well, Prince Mukumara said ten this year. So we'll be. He fine. said double
4: digits. Good for him, didn't he? Yeah, so that could be I 19, said 10 pick. 20, he said a 30, 30, Yeah, 40. but it could be, I thought he said double digits, not 10. I thought huh. he said double digits, Me, he could have 99. Well, look, I thought 99. he said 10 pick. He could have 99
3: interceptions. He could have that, buddy. Let's go Let's go to Rolling Meadows and pick John, you're on ESPN with Dallas. Hey, John.
6: Hey, guys. How are you? Doing okay. Well, you know, I watched the game last night, and nothing that I saw last night, and I'm looking at their schedule And I'm looking at the fact that you got a quarterback that hasn't played a full season yet in the NFL with a new coaching system and receivers that are, some of them still haven't been on the field yet with them. I, I think this year uh, the bears may be six and 10. I'm looking at their schedule. I see some games to go either way. You know, the Miami game, the jets game. I think they can win Buffalo. I, I don't know. Um, but to make this, I think next year, with a year under their belts with this system and Dravisky with some time with his receivers, could be a wild card consideration. But this year, 6-10, um, maybe 7-9, and nine, if you call that turning the corner for them. Well,
3: and, John, we appreciate the call. I think 7-9 and
4: nine would be a really nice start. It just depends on what those nine losses look like. Okay. If they're getting blown out in games, if this is trestman like, where they're just getting blown out and they're losing by you know twenty one points, right. and they're just giving up at the end of games, then no, that's not okay. Yeah, it, progress in wins, sure. But as far as being competitive, I want to see competitive football games. I don't care what their record is because I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but if you're if you only win 6 games but you're in every game, every game. then it's fine. Then you see progress, you see an offensive an offense developing. If the def- if they're low scoring games, you see the defense being able to hold teams under, you know, 3 touchdowns or whatever they want to hold them to. You see turnovers. If you see progress, The wins and losses this year, to me, don't matter because you're still a team that's rebuilding. You're still in the rebuild process. You have a new coach. There's going to be growing pains. But as long as they're competitive, to me, this year will be a success. You know
5: what progress will look like? I'm going to give you five games. Okay. The Giants game, the Jets game, the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. If you can win all five of those games, then I think this team has ma- made a major step forward where you're no longer in the cellar
3: of in, in the bottom y- three,
5: the bottom, the bottom third part of the league, yeah. and you mm-hmm. are now in the middle where now the next step forward will be trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, in those five games, the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the uh, Giants, and the Jets, If you split those, I know you can't technically split five, five, but but if you 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 could have a tie, if you have tough games or if you lose most of those games, then it's going to be disappointing because I think if we look at the team and everything coming together with the coaching staff, the philosophy, the depth that you do have on both sides of the ball, all the weapons, I think today we sit here and we say, well, they should beat the Giants. They should beat the Jets. Miami they're they're kind of a team kind of trying to figure out their way the Bucks absolutely and the right. Cardinals who knows like if you can beat those five teams then the rest of the schedule hopefully you you get at least two wins in the division boom now you're at 7 right yeah. and then it's like okay have a really good game against somebody on your schedule that's going to mm. make the playoffs the Rams the 49ers the the Packers
4: the Vikings the Patriots. Then, then we're talking. That's a really good season. win. The games you're supposed to win and be competitive in the games that you're supposed to be in, and try to, you know, like you said, eke out wins in the division. Maybe be competitive with New England. Be competitive with Green Bay. There, I know they're in a division, and then try to win some of these road games. Be. Battle tested, be road tested. Maybe you can beat San Francisco on the road. Maybe you can beat Minnesota at the end of the season because they're resting starters because they already have the division right. wrapped up and right. bye. That was,
3: there are a couple things, and you know, one of them is you can, you know, even la- was it two years ago under Fox? There was one of the years, one of the last two years where they were in every they were they lost sure. every game they lost was like. Yeah within seven points yeah it
5: was the fool's gold year because that off season, every person brought against, that up in yeah. sports media in this city kept saying well they were close in every game, every game. So, <laughs> so they're gonna make a playoff run and mm-hmm. we were like no, no 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 bro this team is not good enough yeah and uh, like yeah you're right if they're competitive in all these games that'll be great um, especially if in fourth quarters they're competitive, you know it's something that doesn't get out of hand. Like Abdallah was saying, early in the third, second quarter, stay in these games, be competitive, make Trubisky have to go through end of game situations that matter. Because that's what this season is all about. Right. We need to figure out what this dude is all about as a quarterback. And if we don't know that at the end of this season, no we're in trouble. We're, yeah. Fred, you're right. We yeah. will be in trouble. If we don't know what Trubisky is by the end of this schedule, so uh,
4: Sunday, December 30th, we're going to be in trouble as Bears fans. And that's when a guy who was selected second overall as a quarterback, is supposed to separate himself from the guy that was selected at the end of the first round, in the second round, in the third round, is at the end of those games, if you've got the ball and you're driving and you're in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football... You should put your team in a position to win the game. If you're driving and you're at home and you've got a chance to beat Minnesota, who's a Super Bowl contender, you should be able – don't put yourself in a situation where you're throwing a pick like we've seen before with past quarterbacks, where you're putting your team behind the eight ball and you're not able to convert. And put it. Put the team on your back and show that you are worth moving up for the second round pick or well, for here, the second here, overall pick. Here's the date.
5: Week 8 – Sunday October 28th. Mm. You're home for the Jets. Mm. You got to be the better quarterback on the field that day. Oh yeah, Darnold. Oh yeah. Oh. Are you going to Are you going to be okay that day? Yeah, I'm a Bears fan. I just listen, Sam Darnold is now a New York Jet. Uh we will watch from afar you're like we've been, watched uh decked out Sanchez and
4: Barkley and you are going to be Cody Kessler in USC and USC Matt gear Leiner, from him. head to toe. <laughs> no,
5: no, I won't. You may ride Bears in on a gear. horse. No, no, I got ride I got JT Daniels now. <laughs> JT Daniels, new guy, new quarterback to fawn over. Listen,
4: isn't he uh he's isn't he like seventeen? Yes. Can he drive? Is he sixteen?
5: Yes. He okay. Can. He can drive an offense. Should, he's the guy for the that national should be title. he's the guy that should be a senior, right? Yeah, he should. He enrolled early and uh he won the last year he was the best quarterback in high school football. So he was the Gatorade player of the year in college football last so year.
4: If you want college football narratives to follow, Fred, write this down. USC quarterback too young for the moment. There well, we go.
5: If Helton allows him to start from from game one, he made that mistake with Darnold, and yeah, we saw how that went. So, so the date <laughs> I am circling though is October twenty eighth, right? Uh, because you are home against in jet, at the Jets week eight. We should probably know what the offense is all about at that point, and he should probably be the better, more experienced
3: quarterback on the field that day, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should. This is one of the first years in a long time, or in the last couple, I think that the Bears bye comes way too early. Way too early. It's week five. Yep. Um, Way too early. Uh, the last couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, it was like seven or eight
4: or nine. It it's was been, like right it's in the always middle. been the hot. For the past few years, it's been the Halloween bye. Yeah. You get that Halloween weekend bye to get weird. Yeah. On, uh, it's for all of us who work on Sunday mornings. We get a little extra weird that weekend because we know there's no pregame show. Yeah. And, but now
3: it's it's like week. It, it's the first week of October. And so they play four games in September and then they have a bye week. And it's it's two Early, uh, and I know I, I, I go through this every year and I understand everybody loves their games. Everybody loves the NFL and you look at it. I don't understand why you can't just have all the buys in week seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Split them all up. Okay. There are 32 teams. Give eight teams a buy each and every week. And people go, well, you need to have this many games. No, you don't. And this way, it makes it beneficial for all the teams. Now, for the longest time, I stuck by make them just week eight and nine. But was said, oh, you can't do that. You can't have half the league only playing. Yeah, well, and it, can, ma- it makes win. it tough,
5: Fred, when you have Thursday night football, the games on Sunday, yeah. the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. People it makes to it tough with all yeah. the different buys that, yeah, the London window. Yep. So it makes it tough because then you have, like, Three games going on at noon and three games in the afternoon. And I don't it. even
3: think this hear me w- out. week five, I don't even think it's the first bye week. I think that I think week four might have a bye. This is this this.
4: Hear me out. We're listening. What if they're just what if there was everybody just had the same bye? Yeah. If just, just the NFL was off for what a week. It the the was off. just off for a week. I don't got think it. that would be a problem. Actually, Like I know people are like, oh, we got to have all these games and networks are never going to give it up. But what if the NFL was just like, yeah. hey, Sunday, November 4th. In the middle of the season, week nine or week yeah, eight, if you want to do the weekend before, nobody plays. Everybody has the same buy. Yeah. You have the have the trade deadline be that weekend or something like that. So we, there there's something NFL related to talk about if you want to. But everybody's just has the same. I'm surprised that the NFL that wants everything to be you know equal and everything like that uniform. Yes, exactly. Why wouldn't you just have the same buy? I. That's not a bad idea either. I think
5: that might be the smartest thing you've ever said. Ever. It, it might be. It no, might not, I'm. I'm not being a jerk. Like I could be a jerk, but like that. I think that might be
4: your best. Like we idea. have other things to entertain us. Like on why Saturdays do we need Sundays? to stagger the buys? What is the point? We could just have a week where there's just there's not an NFL this week. Have something else. Have a, you know, have huh. trade deadline, watch some college, put some extra college football games on that Sunday like you do the first weekend have a of the college football season. Do whatever huh. you want to do. The point is. That, oh, you know what it is. They should put the Pro Bowl right there in the middle of the season. No, cause you'd get more, you get so many more players who would, as many players as don't go now, you would get even more players that wouldn't go because they want the buy. That's the point. Just have the bye that week. Put some extra college football games on that Sunday. Boom. I, I, see, I have... see the UCLA jersey, but we have a double Raptors going Whoa. on. Tracy McGrady and Whoa. Vince Carter in
5: front of the studio. Man.
3: You think that's they were, that's man. baller. You think they were Swag. at Drake the other day? You guys, were you guys at Drake? Drake? Yeah, They're you right were. Track. Yeah, yeah yes, you, you were. There you go. Last that's awesome. night or
4: Friday? Last so night. All right. Lit.
3: So actually, I was wrong. I thought the buy started earlier. The Bears have the first bye. Um... The fifth is the first week of buys. See, so when they have it, so they have they'll have them then in five, six 11, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They'll have I eight think, weeks
6: of I think buys, a dollar's idea sure.
5: of the parade of buys all in one week, That's I think is, is the smartest idea you've ever had. You know that idea is better than Harry Tynowitz's double Monday night
3: football idea.
4: I don't see what's wrong with having just, you, I just do it. You yeah, sir, I think you sir I think came gonna, across
3: something. You know what's wrong <laughs> Congratulations. with Congratulations. You know what's wrong with double Monday night football? The Jets, the Lions, the Rams, and Raiders. That's who we get to watch on Monday night. (laughs) Yeah. That's the the first Monday night of the NFL. We get Jets, Lions, Rams, Raiders. Now, Rams might be interesting to watch. Gruden's got you know at home against the Raiders with a black hole and everything. But how exciting are you for that Jets
5: Lions game? I watched Raiders, Rams yesterday. And do you know what the major storyline was in that game? That they opened that they their first game. So so none of the starters played. Oh, none of them did. Yeah, They held all the starters because they faced the Raiders to open the Opening, season. So, yeah. so the entire game was. Well, it would have been nice to be here on this beautiful SoCal day and uh, here in the Coliseum, but uh, Goff didn't play. Gurley didn't play. They're not going to play in the preseason. No one's playing.
3: That's awful. Yeah, that really is. That's I watched, why I watched three quarters of that. It's a shame that you know. I, we talk about it all the time. You get so excited for the beginning of preseason football, and then after the first order you say okay when's it start when's it count well we all know when it counts it starts I'm, uh pretty soon
5: i'm just blown away by how September smart 6th. of an idea this was from a, it is
3: it's a great idea good job man but you know what's going to happen that was great. before they what before they do that you know what's going to happen they're going to cut out 2 preseason games that's add fine. two regular season games and add a second buy
5: that's fine take two weeks have one early and one towards the end well we got to get uh
3: the commissioner on the phone Way to go, Abdul! Can we ask Nick about this?
5: I mean, We're going, I'm, sure he,
8: have thoughts on I'm this? sure
3: he won't care, but share We're yeah, going to ask Nick about it. He doesn't even know what buys are. They don't have those in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's true. They don't have him in the NBA. They don't, no. Everybody plays. Uh, we come back. Our summer of Nick continues. He's been a busy guy the last couple of days, hanging out with Abdallah. So we'll talk about that much, much more. It's Black Abdallah Hubner. We may even give away more tickets for the Fantasy Football Convention. I don't know if we will or not, but we might. So you have to keep listening right here on ESPN 1000. Drums, please. This is
9: Chicago's game day. I've made it a point. To go try and see all the festivals that I've been missing in Chicago.
4: Oh yeah, dude, it's summer. That means we got to buy fireworks.
9: There's always something going on. I think I may go hit the Old yeah. Town, is it
8: the Dollar Art Fest, Fair, yeah.
9: Street Fair. There's, there's got to be something going on every day. All right, everybody
1: in the pool.
9: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Car on cruise and lay back, because this summer Welcome time. back in... Fred Huebner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. I get the opportunity to work with both of these guys this week. Different, uh, days. I work with Jeff Meller on Monday night, filling in for Under the Hood, who's filling in for Yurko. And then on Tuesday, I work with Chris Black and Thursday, I work with Adam Abdallah. I'm looking forward to it. I used to work with this guy, Nick Friedel, every once in a while. He used to be
4: around. He used yeah. to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> be well, nice!
5: Be nice,
4: still, Abdallah. He's still cool. Oh, he was, he was lit. This weekend, let me tell you, this is, this is the, I don't know if this is the culmination of the summer of Nick, but two concerts and two nights, whoo, and Bears practice.
3: Does it get any better? No. Well, we got to find out if Nick is doing what so many people I know are doing and going to see Pearl Jam for a second time on Monday night as we bring in, in our summer of Nick, Nick Friedel. Hello, Nick. What's going on?
9: Hello, my friends. How we doing?
3: We're doing good. How about you? It's been a busy weekend.
9: It's been an awesome weekend, Freddie. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of time with my man, Mr. Abdallah. We saw all the hot shows. We're going back tomorrow night. I mean, it, this, this weekend, as far as music goes within the city, on top of the fact it's the air and water show, but as far as music goes, you're walking into Wrigley. There's 40,000 people at Pearl Jam. Uh, the United Center was packed, uh, on Friday night. I'm sure it was packed last night too. So that's 20,000 plus. This is a, as good as it gets. Uh, Music-wise, for for people in the city, on top of all the other things that are going on, so uh, both concerts were awesome, uh, and it just underscores yet again why the city uh, is what it is.
5: Nick, you were uh, with Abdallah on Friday night for Drake. Did Abdallah have his little rap hands going during the concert? Because I know when when <laughs> rapping happens, he gets his little hands going. Did he do that?
9: I think I think we were both feeling the the rhythm. Mr. Black, we were, we were feeling good, although although that wasn't was the rhythm
3: you were feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
9: <laughs> but Adam's such a concert pro that he's got those little earplugs. I think that's that's next <laughs> level. That's what I need to get into. He, I look over at one point. I'm like, what does he have in his ears? And he wants to actually be able to hear when he gets older. So yes. he's got the uh, the plugs that make the experience even better. But uh, in both venues, and it was a, a totally different. Uh, set of fans in both places. It was rocking and it was loud, and and the energy uh, in the building. As far as concerts go, I've been to a lot of shows of UC, the Drake concerts in the UC. The atmosphere is off the charts, so that that part was pretty cool. So I think everybody was was getting
4: uh, getting into it. My public service announcement to everybody is wear earplugs at concerts. Your uh, hearing damage is irreversible. And if you're wondering why you have a ring in your ear, that's called tinnitus and it's not good. Yeah. And Mm. actually, if you get good earplugs, I'm not talking about the crappy foam ones that you buy at 7-Eleven before you go to the show. If you get, if you spend like $15 and get real earplugs it actually enhances the sound of the show because it blocks out all of the annoying people around you that are singing the lyrics and you can actually hear the band a lot better because you it it takes in it's different frequency i'm not going to get into the nerdy part of it but it makes the concert sound better overall and i think after going to uh pearl jam on monday night nick you might need to get uh you might need to invest some of those before the show on uh on monday because that's a lot that's a lot of shows
9: well, I've got I got Pearl Jam. You're, we're forgetting now. Here was the other part that I did not have, Mr. Abdallah, for earlier in the week. I went to the ELO show uh, out at All State Arena, and Come that on. was awesome. It was awesome. Now I was the youngest person there by about thirty years, but that's not a problem because everybody had a blast, and to see them in person uh, was great. And then so we got Pearl Jam again tomorrow, and then we've got the back to back in a couple more weeks. Of 50 Cent at Ravinia and Billy Joel back at Wrigley. So this this whole summer has been a uh, revelation for me in a lot of ways. I've been seeing different things throughout the city, but we are closing with a bang as far as the concerts go. And Anybody who hasn't been able to check out a show at Wrigley, uh, it, it's a cool experience because everybody uh, goes and, and has some fun before in the neighborhood and then they go see the show and then uh, you know, unless you've got a radio show like my man Adam there early Sunday morning, Watch everybody out. goes out uh, and goes to another place afterwards. So uh, it was it was a cool last few days, uh, but the party ain't stopping anytime soon.
3: Nick, I was talking the other day, and Adam brought up the headphones, and I had not or the earplugs. I had not heard about these before because one of my problems with concerts, and granted, I have not been to many in a while. The last concert I was at was Todd Rundgren across the street at the Chicago Theater. And um, one of my problems at concerts, and I mentioned it on the air with Waddle the other day, is I pay to go to a concert to hear the artist sing his songs. I don't pay to hear the guy in front of me sing the songs or the guy behind me or the guy next to me. I don't pay. And that's when Abdallah brought up these earplugs. And for some reason, Nick, I can imagine that you were shouting out and singing every song by Pearl Jam last night.
9: Pearl Jam, I knew the hits, Freddie and Drake, certainly. I I knew a bunch of stuff. That's the only thing, and I've I've been telling our boy Mr. Abdallah this for two days, the only thing that was upsetting about the Drake show, and this is how big hip-hop shows work, I understand, because I've been to a bunch of them at this point, but I love some of those old hits, some of the stuff that uh, he produced early uh, in in his catalog, and he's got so many hits now. Just like Jay Z, he just wants to roll through them, and you get you know a couple verses here or there, and then we're on to the next. We're on to the next song, and I'm going no, no, no. I just want to. I want to hear it all play out. But yeah, rest assured that uh, I was I was not alone in in the twenty thousand people that were were belting out all the words to all the old songs. But I'm with you. I I'd rather just hear from the artist in this case than. All the people next to us, but as Adam will attest, not that I didn't see, but obviously I'm usually working at the United Center. I don't get to check out what's going on around us. I I guess I didn't realize just how big Snapchat and Instagram were in the moment at these events. And most of the people around us, they just hold their phones out as the concert's yeah. going on yeah. just to prove that they were there mm-hmm. to send out these the recordings to all their friends. And I'm thinking, hey, look, take a moment to enjoy where you're at and put your phone down for a second. But I'm telling you, for three hours, uh, the kids in front of us are holding out their phones, just taking video after video after video. And I don't even know if they saw the show. It was more just, look where I am and look what I'm doing.
3: That's why I don't understand why, I mean, how can you enjoy it when you're sitting there making sure your phone's getting everything? It's
4: hard to... But well, again, but you I'm also 80, got to I'm realize ancient, is most so. of these, especially these two girls that were right in front of us, they're not filming the ca- the, the concert. They're taking- they're filming themselves watching the concert. So were you guys behind them in this thing? You know, like making, you No, know. we were like, okay. we were over to the right a little bit. So we could- we could watch them do this without actually being in the shot. Okay. And what Nick is talking about is the rock equivalent- the rock equivalent of what Nick is talking about of, of just going through and playing like only the hook of your hits. Yeah. And like maybe the first verses. Metallica does this all the time. Metallica will- will have an album And they'll play like Injustice for All and they'll do a medley of like five songs Yeah, because all the songs are eight or nine minutes long. So they can't play them all. So they'll just do like two or three minutes of each song. What Drake does is he has a section of his show where he's like, I've made a hundred hits, so I can't play them all for you. I'll do like 40 of them. But instead, I'm just going to go through and for like 10 minutes, I'm going to play... 30 seconds of all of these songs that you love. You know, Nick, and I don't know if you've ever,
3: if you ever run into this group, and I was mentioning this group to someone else the other day, because, you know, there's a lot of festivals, and that's how the whole summer of Nick started. Festivals, Nick would go to Taste of This and all that kind of stuff. Bears practice. Yeah, that too. (laughs) You know, Bears practice in your Jeep and all that stuff. Or your pickup truck. But there's a group out there called Seventh Heaven, and what they do is they play 30 songs in 30 minutes. And it's all all like classic rock stuff for the most part. But they'll play a minute just about of each song, and they just keep going. And they don't stop for the full 30 minutes. 30 minutes? minutes? Yeah. And they play 30 songs in 30 minutes. It's awesome. They'll go from Elton John to Aerosmith to Bachman-Turner Overdrive to ELO to this and that. And they'll just keep going. And they'll play all, you know, they'll drop in a Lionel Richie. They'll do whatever they have to do. But it's like 30 straight minutes. And it's awesome. You learn
9: something new every day. It's that awesome. impressive.
3: It's unbelievable. So if you ever go to a festival, and you, I always look. I haven't seen them for a while. Hopefully they still do it. If not, I'm giving them pub for no reason. <laughs> um, but it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a, a band do. And that's kind of like what some of these other artists are doing, and I understand that because they do get to a point where they have so much, so many albums out and so many things that they can't play all their stuff that people want to hear. And everybody want, goes and wants to hear a song, and everyone's disappointed they don't hear exactly what they want to hear. That's why a lot of groups do what – I know Cheap Trick started doing it a few years ago. And I was just asking about Gaslight Anthem, and last week they played the album uh, 59 Sound all the way through. Yeah. And it, it's it's a very cool thing. Unless you're, it's not your favorite album,
4: then you might want well, to go to else. But they, <laughs> they announce it that right. they're going to do that before you go to the show. Before so, you go and buy the so tickets. So Nick, you that. have a night off. What, what's what's uh, what's the summer of Nick look like today? It's a pretty nice day. You're gonna go to the is there, what do you got? Aaron Water Show.
9: No, Aaron Waters Show is out for me as far as going and looking because when I first moved here, our friend Roman Madraski, who was my uh, my editor at ESPN Chicago, he took me out on one of his buddy's boats. Uh, and I have, I, I grew up going on boats, guys, and I've never been more seasick in my entire life. <laughs> because there are so many boats out there rocking in the lake, and you look up and you've got all these planes whizzing by, that at that point I figured from now on I only am going to watch the Air and Water show from inside somewhere. Because every time I hear one of these planes go by, I get sick to my stomach, and and luckily I, I didn't I wasn't throwing up off the side or anything, but it got close. And so every year around this time, Roman sends me a a GIF that is uh, of like a cartoon character turning green, and that's what I felt like the last time I was out enjoying the uh, the show. So that's that's a long way, Mister Abdalov saying. I think I'm going to take it easy and and may go to dinner because I got to get ready for some. Some Pearl Jam and some Bears action. Uh, there you go. Throughout the week, although Freddie, this this did crack me up. Adam and I are looking at the score last night of the Bears Broncos game, and we're sitting there, and Trubisky obviously didn't play the way I know a lot of people wanted him to. But we kept talking about the same question that I haven't gotten a clear answer to, even from Cap or any of the the Trubisky Truthers out there.
5: Oh, nice. I Trubisky like that. I truthers. like that, Nick. That's good. Oh, that's I good. like that. All right. Trubisky what, Truthers. What, what, what for the Trubisky
9: Truthers, what that's have good. you seen up to this point for in the last year and a half that leads you to believe, yes, this is the guy? This is the point. I've, I've, I've never gotten a clear answer from my main cap because he keeps telling me the Bears are going to win nine games. Ryan Pace is the man. And Trubisky is going to be unbelievable. From what? Like, not that it can't happen, but what have you seen that leads you to believe that this guy is the savior that everybody wants him to be?
3: Yeah, maybe they haven't seen it yet. Maybe they're all hoping for it still.
9: Yeah, I'm sure they're
3: hoping for it. But
9: Freddie, when you when you start hoping for stuff and it doesn't happen, he. That's when you get into big time trouble.
3: Yeah, I know. We're Bulls fans too. So, okay, <laughs> there Nick. <you> go. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your Aaron Waters show from indoors. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you got it. See you guys, Nick Friedel. Our summer of Nick. Oh, by the way, he could have gone to South Bend today, but if you're heading to South Bend, the seating bowl is sold out. Oh no, that's too. that could be too much pressure for you, Darvish today. Darvish getting a start for South A lot, South lot Bend of the people today.
5: watching. I don't know if he can handle that, Only
3: Fred. lawn seats remain. Don't yell anything mean to you, Darvish, today. We come back and wrap this thing up. We come back. It is Black Abdallah Huebner on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only
0: on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Hey, the
3: White Sox play today. The Royals, Again. Nikki Delmonico homers in two straight games. That's big. Uh, games on channel, uh, games on NBC Sports Chicago. And one of the reasons I mentioned, maybe the only reason is Hawk's doing the game with Paul Canerco today. All and right. I think, I think AJ's there too. Two week, last week, we were supposed to get, we were supposed to get our guy, Matt Vaskirzian doing mm-hmm. the game. Hawk was sick. Oh. So that's why Vasgersian didn't do the game with Hawk because Hawk didn't. And the only do the reason game. he
4: wanted to do it is because right. he like Hawk like wanted to his do his the items. game with Hawk. Yeah.
3: So I didn't. So I talk, taped the game and I had to listen yeah. to Benetti and Stone. Jason, you know how much hang- you love that. Jason must have just been hanging around. I guess earlier. Notice this week- how
5: I just walked away from the I didn't. I wasn't even gonna. <laughs> I guess
3: earlier <laughs> this week, Tom Pachorik was working with uh, Jason Benetti. He goes, I hate socks, math. <laughs> people, people people were texting me i said that's, that's pretty funny yeah. now i don't know i didn't know what context maybe he hated it because he didn't know how to do he didn't sure. want to worry about the math or anything They won
5: the six-part question yeah just the line
3: was was funny <laughs> uh thanks to uh adam amin for joining us i guess he's a regular now as long as he's doing bears games at least for one more week yeah. as long as we're friends with him right, right? and um as long as he, uh you know, he is he doing the last game? He's doing the last game, too, right? He's no, not. He's no, not doing he's the last game because okay. college football starts. That's what I thought. Yep.
4: Starts and that's when Kyle Brandt is coming is, in. And they're doing like a talk do... show during yes. the game. They're not even
3: doing play-by-play. Play. Which
4: will be super interesting to watch the actual fourth uh, preseason game because I want to see how that broadcast works. It's Abdallah. It's Black.
3: It's Hubner. We're here along with Eric Ostrowski, ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening.
0: Let's go Pogba!